Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. I am recording and I am ready to superkick. <laughs> superkick in three, two, one. Oh. <laughs> Hey, you sold it like a boss. All right, okay, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. Uh, my name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy in isolation, Tax Williams. Well, well, obviously, we're what you say in isolation. I'm not self-isolating. We are 100% healthy in this household for now. Void, uh, as we were just saying before we started recording, of my my house move appears to be going ahead. Um, hey. The the nurseries are taking my daughter back in from the 1st of June, although we are still slightly apprehensive about it. But if they're going to be dressed as Darth Vader for every single day, then, you know, we can't keep her out forever. So... Sure, we have to get back to normality at some point. I'm not sure it's quite ready yet as such, but... You know, bit by bit, experiment with the kids first, obviously. They don't matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, don't, be fine. they don't earn any money. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, they cost the country money. So if they all start falling off a cliff, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> sure, sure. How are you finding lockdown, though? It's been, uh, it's been a couple of months now. Um, I'm, I'm seeing all the silver linings in it. You know, when would I ever get to spend two months essentially using my annual leave and reduced working hours to spend two whole days with my daughter hanging out watching her grow up also as i said you know the fitness side of things i'm rocking at 185 now which is excellent wait before you get into that hang on a second let's just i really want to point out the whole thing about one of the things i really love about podcasting is they capture kind of moments in time no matter what podcast it is what subject matter they've all recorded like in sequence week to week obviously so you get like you know these two months no matter what podcast you listen to or if you go back in the archives or something in 50 100 years time some kid will go back and they'll get to this point where for two months straight there's podcasts about one singular thing essentially it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of surreal isn't it but yeah anyway um yeah i think that's just a glorious thing about podcasts i really want just to bring up on the pod um but yeah you're doing well in your fitness man you're rocking it yeah down to 185 i mean realistically from someone who wrestles at my level and commentates at my level i don't anticipate being at any live shows in 2020 if shows who i work for do shows then for example uh pro wrestling all-stars in belgium i've been speaking to those guys and if they run shows obviously i'll be doing the commentary remotely for that so i'll still be doing those bits Where's that available by the way uh that's on turnbuckle tv you can get hold of cool, uh, awesome. the bits for <laughs> pro wrestling all-stars and do the you know who uh, runs that <laughs> um turnbuckle tv yeah that's wrestle talk oh lovely well <laughs> i only found that out recently they can uh they can start giving me some money <laughs> <laughs> wait hang on i might be able to actually wrangle that for you like genuinely turnbuckle tv is the one i'm thinking of let me just double check in case i completely fuck this up one of the joys of sitting on my computer yeah yeah if you go to turnbuckletv.com it literally says wrestle talk turnbuckle tv and our red white and blue logo it's almost like you now work for them and I do commentary for Wrestling 4 and Pro Wrestling All-Stars, which is also on Turnbuckle TV. So it's almost like we're Let's all go. ingrained. Yeah, it's, we're, it's literally, we had a conversation about it two weeks ago as part of like an office meeting thing online. And um, it, we, the aim is to have it as the Netflix of Pro Wrestling. It's like to get like, you know, I'm, I'm sure Fight and WWE Network and everyone else are thinking the same thing. You know, it's a streaming platform with videos. But the real... The, the, the real end goal as such is to have you know 
everything under a single banner at some point so it's like um like a pass to other networks and such like that as well i think so and overarching thing i think they've got a lot of um a big future ahead of them so yeah go check out turnbuckle tv fans yeah the quality (laughs) of the quality of the wrestling on there is really good and some of the commentators are pretty good did you (laughs) like my uh commercial shilling i think i did okay I mean, you're doing brilliantly. I keep saying to uh, Coach Wicked how you're a changed man since your association <laughs> with uh, with Wrestle Talk. <laughs> I keep like making a meme out of it to myself and like people I work with. I'm like, oh, did I do good enough? Like to, you know, <laughs> promote that in the right commercial method or whatever. But I genuinely give no fucks. But yeah, it's close. However, anyway, on so- the subject of commercial pro- promoing, if you do want to support what we're doing at this moment in time, you do have a spare bit of cash. Donate it to the NHS. But however, if you've already donated and you'd like to donate to us for giving you this weekly content, uh, you can head over to Amazon.co.uk and buy our World of Rest podcast t-shirt just chuck it in the search engine and interesting development why i mentioned the t-shirt during this uh lockdown and isolation time for various people i have been running on the scpw roster secret page on facebook a promo contest nice we had 16 contestants and last week we had our final and it came down to referee Steve says so and Fentos in the final. Um, Fentos won, and I'm going to post this on the um, World of Wrestling podcast Twitter and Facebook pages, so you can see the fantastic effort that these guys put into their promos. Video very badly mixed together by me. Um, <laughs> but the winner of the tournament, clearly this is the lure Bloody for amateur. everyone getting involved, was a World of Wrestling podcast T-shirt. So Fentos is the proud winner. I will be sending one to him uh, very shortly once he gives me his size and his postal address so I can harass him. Congratulations for being a walking billboard for us. Thank you very much, Fentos. (laughs) It's almost like this was part of the plan to run the promo contest to shill the podcast. (laughs) But then also because I I remember sending you, I think I sent you one of Will Power's promos um, through through the messenger chat to have a look through. And the quality has been brilliant. I really hope that uh, the guys and oh, girls you who did. took part... It took me a second. Yeah, it was funny as fuck. I really enjoyed it. That was great. I mean, the, the guys and girls who took part in this tournament were were excellent. And I really hope that when we do get to wrestle again, I hope this gives them the confidence to have more you know, flexibility on their characters. And you'll see exactly what I mean when you see both these outstanding promos for our final. But we'll, we'll stick them everywhere. We'll put them on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the uh, website. So yeah, waterwrestlingpodcast.com is the best place to find all that shit. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get those <clears> out. <throat> but it's if anything, having the level of promo that I've seen this SCPW promo tournament warmed me back to the days of the Attitude Era as we start <laughs> our trilogy. <laughs> the transition. <laughs> so today we're doing part one of our Austin versus The Rock trilogy of WWF's WrestleMania 15. Woohoo! Yay! We're doing it in the Attitude Era. Yay for us! No one's ever done this before on a podcast. <laughs> and also, your, your applause is very much faked because the other two parts of this trilogy we're doing i have filled with excitement so wrestlemania 17 to me is still one of the greatest <laughs> wrestlemanias of all time and i look forward to ruining it and wrestlemania 19 where we really really look forward to watching brock lesnar land on his head but then the albatross of wrestlemanias <laughs> yeah it's, it's a weird one isn't it it's really strange i went in going oh it's it's 
can't be as bad as I remember. <laughs> it's 1999. It's I'm. This is my first year into full-on pro wrestling fandom, watching every week. Um, I was 12. How old were you? Uh, I would have been 16. No, nice. seven, oh, I was 15 when this 13. came in, yeah. I was 13, yes, yeah, so you were 15, weren't you? This time um, in WWE epitomizes the polar opposite of what WCW was doing at nine, in 1999. So in 1999 in WWE, you had a absolute dross undercard, but an absolute banging Whoa, main event. Hang, hang well, on, no, no. hang but on. Then in WCW, on I didn't say there was. I didn't say they were bad wrestlers. There are good people, but the undercard, the storylines, okay. and the matches were not given enough time. Where yet the main events were always banging in WWE. Yet WCW, the undercard was exceptional, and the main event was eighties WWE. <laughs> yeah, if you could somehow combine the two good elements of that, God, you would have had a good product. It's almost mm. like when you bought out your rival, and you could have had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Although well, wrestlers, most of the decent mid card guys already. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like wrestlers wouldn't sit there and stay at home for free money on AOL, Time Warner, and they do it for the fans and the business. <laughs> Goldberg, boom, boom. Hogan, everyone else. <laughs> so March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine, eight days after my thirteenth birthday. Um, the first Union Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, USA. Uh, the attendance of twenty thousand two hundred seventy six. That is tiny compared to a modern-day WrestleMania. Or, well, massive in comparison to this year's Mania. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, outstanding circumstances, but yeah, true. I mean, I've heard there are actually 43,000 people at the PC for WrestleMania 36 per WWE figures, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, every time we talk about the Attitude Era, one of the things we talk about over and over and over again is how the crowd completely make the show. I don't think it's just 1999. I think it is genuinely this show. The, the crowd are there for most of it, but they're not what I expected. No, and and for Philly fans... Mm, I, very loud fans, usually. I would have expected more. The signs were good. The signs were good at this mania. But as yeah. you said, when you, when you look at... As, as we'll get to, when <laughs> we'll you start get. looking at the staging <laughs> of this yeah. mania, it's just... It looks a bit of a non-event. Absolutely. So uh, I watched this on the WWE Network. Did you? I did, yes. Coming in at two hours. I repeat, two hours, not seven, Vince, and 47 minutes. So it's just under three hours. Well, in, I fair, mean, in fairness, we, we found that with Money in the Bank this weekend. That was about, was it 2.24, the whole show? Yeah, yeah. We can't count COVID shows, though. Come on, you know what I mean. Hey, how dare you? Oscar didn't realise she was winning the title. Great booking. Not not about the title changes. I'm talking about the length of the shows. <laughs> like they should have. I found it really weird they only put on a two and a half hour show. Like recently, I found but, it weird um, that once again Baron Corbin committed double murder. <laughs> those those eighty yard added in sounds of people going thud. It uh. would have been fine had they not kept on the looping around the building with the sky shot showing the crash mat. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see the crash mat, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I was, it was absolutely awful. The massive black crash mat below where they yeah. threw everyone off with those paper trees. I mean, by the time that main event came around, I'd, I'd worked like seven days straight. So I was a bit tired, to be honest. But uh, it's what it is. So our commentators, uh, for most of the evening, the vast majority of the evening, are Pedo, Jerry Lawler, and Michael Cole. Boo! Boo. 
thank God for the main event. Something else changes, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. I don't think we need to go over Cole and Lawler right now, do we? We've got nope. bits of them throughout the show. We, I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows how we feel about both guys. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, hey, Michael so, Cole's a war correspondent. <laughs> yeah. Instead, let's talk about the history of Rock and Austin leading into WrestleMania 15. I'll go through my little notes I've got here, my kind of just like bullet points of the feud. And if there's something you want to add in, please interrupt me, okay? Far so, away. WrestleMania 14. Uh, this is post the DX pay-per-view we did last week. Obviously, I'm not going before that. Like, fucking hell, you get it. So, WrestleMania 14. Austin wins the big strap from Shawn Michaels. Uh, well, what, the winged eagle from Shawn Michaels and turns it into the gorgeous belt we see throughout 98 and 99. Fuck me, that belt is gorgeous. Um, anyway, sorry. Bullet points. I'll get back to it. Uh, basically, we now get the Vince Austin through feud through 1998. Uh, Rock slowly turns face during that time period. Then Survivor Series 1998 hits, where the Rock fully heel turns, winning the first w- his w- first WF World Heavyweight Championship. Was that him wearing the tracksuit from memory? Because he'd gone off at that time to have pectoral surgery and didn't want to wrestle shirtless, so he was wrestling in the the tracksuit at that time. No, was uh, that Series night ninety eight was Deadly Games. Oh, okay. So you know where he turns on uh, Foley, Foley in the main event. I th- they do the screw job. Ah, uh, because I think it's after this. It was. I always remember it being a Foley match where Rock's just wearing this black tracksuit for the yeah, whole thing. Know. I don't remember which one it is. I remember the match, but hmm, can't remember. So anyway, so Corporate Rock, post um, this heel turn, uh, aligning with Vince McMahon and the corporation is formed. Uh, we then have the Royal Rumble 1999, where the final two men are Vince and Austin. Uh, Rock distracts Austin. Vince wins the Rumble, pushing him over the top rope. Uh, Vince announces he won't compete for the, the heavyweight belt at WrestleMania, which prompts Commissioner Shawn Michaels to give the shot to the runner-up of the Royal Rumble, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Goddamn meddling leading HBK. To, <laughs> leading to Rock and Austin in the main event. Um, in between the time of the Rumble and uh, WrestleMania, we have this whole Austin, Vince, uh, the cage and big show debuting and everything, remember? Valentine's Day Massacre. Yep, all that good stuff. Leading that, that into cage, that cage match. Just as a as a side note, having the Big Show throw Austin through the cage and the cage falling oh, down, great. really, so really good. good idea. Yeah, one of the greatest finishes ever. I would say, like the I last totally time Paul White, the last time Paul White ever had any good relevance in a wrestling match. Brutal, but honest. so leading into this event tonight and our main event which is going to be rock and austin for the world heavyweight championship rock is fully heel the corporate champion and austin is over as rover uh he had a bit of a neck injury breaking it (laughs) before the dx pay-per-view obviously (laughs) so he's not competing as much as you might think being austin called steve austin but he's always there I think that was the draw for the for the Austin side of things because it never got it never got stale. Keeping him out of the ring, only having wrestled for the big events, it made it special. It made it important. Yep, I totally agree, man. So we get the show opening with boys two men singing. Do you like how I said it? Boys two men uh, and singing "America the Beautiful," as you might expect. Uh, definitely one of the better versions. Not a lot of fucking about. Uh, they're all in time, yeah, all in tune. I, I thought uh, you were about to say harmonies. they're all they're all in tracksuits. <laughs> well, they were, to be fair. 
Lovely gold <laughs> chains, lots of sunglasses indoors. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some dodgy versions of like American National Anthems and stuff recently, but this was to the point. But, you know, nicely harmonized and good. I appreciate it. I mean, in fairness, yeah, the musicality was good, but I enjoyed the Philly crowd when the announcers, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, sing America the Beautiful, boys to men, and you heard an audible. <sighs> <laughs> They're very... um uh opinionated crowd if they're not as into it as maybe i'd hope they would have been what boys to men <laughs> philadelphia anyway, just so for men? in in ring pyro and pyro at the top of the stage as well really cool seeing it in ring like with Shawn michaels used to do the crotch chops and such are oh, so gangster um thousands literally thousands of signs in the crowd it is a bonkers looking the the visual of the of the WrestleMania crowd does certainly work better in these small venues, when it, especially when it came to main event hmm. time. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I mean, let's get let's get through the intro. And we'll we'll talk about how the show feels and stuff. I think that's an important bit to discuss. <laughs> let's get into it. So we get a black and white, classy Freddie Blasty voiceover promo intros the show so let's just take apart a few of these sentences because I've got, I've got a lot of it written down I won't go through the whole thing but it's time no beginning no end an infinite procession that humbles our mortality but there are moments in life that transcend our fate memories crafted by gods among men that defy time to forget them Th- these are the moments that echo through the ages always heard never to grow old this makes fuck all sense. <laughs> I mean, it's God. It got you pumped, though. It was it's, like, oh, it's this... got nice words in it. <laughs> they don't make any logical sense in a sentence, though. Yeah, but it's the whole build up to then go, welcome to WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals. Which He's I... literally going, like, to write this promo. It's really simple, okay? All you do is just state things will happen. And a semi-religious, mythological, the same thing, a descriptive word, right? Infinite procession, mortality, testament, and end with, Welcome to WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals. And you've got it. Was this the first time oh, they started using that tagline, the showcase of the immortals? I, I don't know whether it was the first, but I certainly missed it. As soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, it's glorious. Because the number of times they've gone through manias and it's like the showcase of the immortals and in recent time they start calling it the show of shows. What? Mm. <laughs> I miss the granddaddy of them all as well. It sounds so cool to me. Although I do enjoy the fact that when you hear it said really quickly, you go, the granddaddy of them all? I'm not shopping. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we get a simple short video uh, with the WrestleMania logo cut live into the big ass venue. I say big ass venue. It's big for like a show. It's not big for WrestleMania big at all. Think Wembley um, arena size. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 20,000 people. So it's a bit bigger than Wembley. Uh, it's more like medium sized football stadium. But it doesn't look like it. No. It's weird. You know, this is only... 10,000 bigger than Highbury, like where Arsenal play. This, Duh. this, in fairness, and I said that the having the visual of the signs around the ring for WrestleMania was very good, but this just oh, looked sorry, like... Sorry, just correct uh, myself. It's 10,000 smaller than Highbury, not bigger. Sorry. sorry. This, this didn't look any different to a height of the Attitude Era Monday Night Raw. 
Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, you've got that big WrestleMania logo thing, uh, which is kind of like scaffolding behind it, and it's very, very similar. They kept the, the X from the thing. DX one. <laughs> it really looked like it. It looked the like the same me, fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, we get loads of pyro, and there's signs, obviously, um, but it there's nothing else that's special about it. It's the ring they use every week with red ropes and blue canvas. It's got normal ring skirts around the side that say WrestleMania on them. But at one point, uh, and I think in the first match, someone goes to go under the ring and lifts the, the WrestleMania skirt. And there's literally the Sunday Night Heat one is still on it underneath. And you're like, fucking hell, boys. Like, you didn't even get rid of the Sunday Night Heat ones. Oh, but that, <laughs> that, that was true of the time anyway. They didn't have the top. They never it's changed. WrestleMania. The... It doesn't. It's still the same thing. <laughs> it's they, fucking mania. Back, it, back in those days. New. <laughs> back in those days, they didn't change it. They just put the mania skirt over the top of the skirts they were using. Mm. Which is funny when we talk about skirts. When we talk about Sable later putting a skirt over a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very confused. I've got <laughs> jokes. I've got jokes for later on just setting them up. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So Michael Cole, boo, boo. welcomes us to the show. Oh. I'm going to go on about it later. Don't you worry. Michael Cole in 1999. What do you think, Tax? Quickly. Just quickly. He hadn't found his place at this time. Beautifully put. That'll do for now. Let's talk about it later. Right. (laughs) He says, it's the most anticipated match in the history of World Wrestling Federation. Not show, match. And he's got a point because the main event's good. Well, it's it's built up well. The rest of this show, kind of dog shit. <laughs> well, let's run through it and let's see mm. if it still is, dear listener. <laughs> well, I, I feel harsh calling it dog shit. There's some good bits here, but anyway. So, Colin King, cough pedo, uh, are ringside commentating. <laughs> um, I can't be bothered to cover it up anymore. I'm just like, yeah, he's a dick. Okay. Let's get to it. Sorry, I just skipped through my notes because I'm a douchebag. Or it's what you really wish you could have done watching this opening match. <laughs> well, there we go. So, opening WrestleMania 15. WrestleMania is the WWF Hardcore Title Triple Threat Match of Billy Gunn, our current champion, versus Hardcore Holly versus Al Snow. This was backwards for this time, and I will tell you for <laughs> why. Because for months leading up to Mania, Billy Gunn was chasing the IC title, and Road Dog was chasing the Hardcore title. So, what happened, do you think? in a classic Vince Russo swerve, they'd each win the opposite belt. <laughs> so it's like, why? Why would you it's do odd. that? It's really odd. I, I mean, mean, we get to see we get to see Billy Gunn later. Is, go on, sorry. I was going to say, we get to see Billy Gunn later defending his ice... His, sorry, we get to see Road Dog later defending his Intercontinental title, which looks weird. Yeah. Fucking ugly belt. <laughs> so, um, the crowd doing Road Dog's, oh, you didn't know? Because Road Dog isn't there to do it. It's kind of cool. Like, everyone does it. There's 20,000 people saying it. Yeah. it was. I mean, that's the, that's the hot way to start the show with the wrong member of the Outlaws. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that might have been a mistake. But. I mean, can you imagine? Cause, yeah, the fans, the fans cheered along, but can you imagine they actually had Road Dog on the mic to get them going? Yeah, it would have been much better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the crowd are hyped because it's WrestleMania. It's nineteen ninety nine. I mean, they're kind of hyped for a Billy Gunn, Al Snow, Hardcore Holly match. <laughs> I'm just like, Al, 
How are they so up for this? I'd just be like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm off for a pint already, boys. I'm really glad um, Hardcore Holly spent a lot of effort on his ring gear. Jesus Christ, he's literally just wearing black shorts. That's it. He left his gear at home. I've got to say, I'm quite impressed with Billy Gunn's gear. The the pink and the bright greens. And he always goes neon with it. I appreciate that. And and obviously, following on from uh, our DX preview where I got my dates mixed up, it was nice to see Al Snow at this time of time wearing a Job Squad shirt. So hey. I was very much wrong last week. Apologies. Ah, don't worry, man. I make mistakes all the fucking time. I listen back to these pods. And I'm like, oh, that was five years later. <laughs> so it's what it is. So um, Al Snow jumps the kipper and off we go. It's WrestleMania, boys. Uh, walk and or brawl. A vast oh, amount of walk and or brawl. Hockey sticks. Mm. Lovely. Broomsticks. So, uh, you know, pre-moppy. Oh, no, that was yep. a mop. <laughs> Not broom. <laughs> Idiot. Nah. Oh dear. <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? A shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a joke about the mop, but it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, blah 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 blah. Most of my notes are about the staging, which we've already just gone over because I was just ignoring the match. But a uh, gun smashes Bobo over the head with a chair. Uh, nice unprotected chair shot. Horrific. All night, just really, really horrible, unprotected chair shots. Absolutely terrible. Especially to the ref in the main. Oh, yeah. Um, Chucks Al through a table, does gun. Uh, Gestures towards his dick a bunch of times, and the crowd fucking love it. I Um, mean, Philly loves cock. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Billy Gunn is getting over massive with the crowd. So, obviously, Bob Holly pills Al Snow. Fuck's sake. (laughs) And new hardcore champion. Bob Holly. I mean, in fairness, Billy fucking Gun- WrestleMania opening match. But Billy Gunn tried to win it with a wrestling move. That's what went wrong. That's why Bob Holly broke it up with a chair. Brilliant. I mean, what do we, what more can we say about this match that we haven't already said? It's fucking shit. Great booking by Vince Russo, who recently started following me on Twitter. Did he really? Yeah, I'm, I've oh, made it. God. Hey, Did I mention how Vince Russo was excellent at booking this show? (laughs) (laughs) He can't do anything for you. He's basically blackballed from the industry now, as far as I'm aware. I don't know. Based on some of the comments I make on this podcast, I pretty much am from BritRess. (laughs) Yeah, to be fair. Hi, progress. So we get a a flashback to Sunday Night Heat. Uh, Test and D-Lo were the last two men in a battle roar from earlier this evening, which means they will get a tag team title shot, obviously. Because how shit must have the tag division been been at this time for this to be the thing for the... um, for the hmm. goddamn tag titles. Just in case you were wondering, because you know, I, I try and be sensible with my Sunday night heat notes. I, we didn't watch it. No one. I, I assume you didn't watch it either. But I've what, got watch a, Sunday night heat. Are you fucking mad? <laughs> but I've, I've got the list of participants who could have potentially won this tag, been in this tag match. So oh, we had ahead. Rocco Brock, Johnny Grunge, Viscera, Gilberg, Animal and Hawk, Eight Ball and Skull, Scott Taylor, Farouk, Farouk on Sunday night heat, Tiger Ali Singh. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Midian, Too Sexy Brian Christopher, Steve Blackman, and Justin Hawk Bradshaw. And the pre-matches were Jackie with Terry Reynolds beating Ivory in 1 minute and 23 seconds. And then D'Lo and Test became unlikely bedfellows when Draws and the Godfather eliminated each other from the Battle Royal. And then that's what led to this wonderful text title shot. D'Lo and his David Gray-esque boppy head swang it around to Babylon. Beautiful in it. I mean, Vince really cares about tag team wrestling at this point, doesn't he? At this point, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to pay so, two people when I can pay one. 
a WWF World Tag Team Championship match of J E double F J A double R E double T What's double J and Owen Hart uh, with Deborah. Um, Badonka Donk, Deborah, Jesus Christ, and Badoobies <laughs> are bouncing around everywhere, aren't they? Jesus Christ. She had um, quite the outfit on. Versus people who won, a, well, were the last two people in a battle royal, D'Lo Brown and Test with Ivory. Yay. I mean, D'Lo Brown was good. Together. Yeah, it's just thrown together, literally. So, this um, is classic mania time where they just wanted to get every belt on the pay-per-view. That's the only reason sure. why they're here. And also, and would you not want Jeff and Owen on your pay-per-view? Well, would you not want Owen on your pay-per-view? The thing is, that when you're reading down those names of people that were in that battle royal that potentially be in this match, there were some half-decent tags in there. There's six or seven tag teams. It's maybe more than there were for a long time with WWE. I mean, put the LOD against Jeff Hardy and Owen Hart. That could have been quite interesting. Yeah, sure. Did you watch um, Dark Side of the Ring? I haven't yet. The LOD one? Yeah, it was this week's one. It's pretty good. I was going to say, worth a watch. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I know you're a fan, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you probably know most of the stuff they're going to tell you about. But um, it was, it was interesting hearing people talk about it. It's like it's like with any shoot interview or anything, you know? Uh, it's just it's people talking about well, anything. People talking about a subject matter they really care about is always interesting to me. Is it the Owen Hart episode next week? Yeah, which um, it's, it's going to be, be awful. Strong. It's going to yeah, be awful. Real struggle, man. So anyway, something about Terry Runnels and Ivory, uh, sorry, Terry Runnels burning Ivory with a cigar pre-match. But I yeah, mean, it's happened on Sunday Night Heat and basically Ivory had a plaster on her ch- on her lip, which is basically because she'd got knobber off someone giving him a blowjob backstage. <laughs> Not the opinions of Rich. <laughs> um, Tess just strolls down to the ring like it's Sunday and his walkies are due. Like he does not give a fuck about this. He, he, I can't believe still this time this is when Russo backstage was going he's like Kevin Nash he's the new oh. Kevin Nash bro put him in DX he's the new Kevin Nash and HBK and Triple H were apparently going you fucking what <laughs> he is, he's terrible really really bad as in his, his character and his gimmick and walking to the ring and such it's, it's just boring well he's so green anyway Lead, yeah. leading up because again going back to the um the the interviews and the backstage stuff where russo was pushing test to be in dx apparently hbk and triple h sat him down was like okay so tell us about your wrestling career how many matches have you had what have you done and i think test said i've, it's like, I've had about 10 matches and triple h yeah. and Shawn michaels were like nope he's not for dx yeah i mean makes sense um, D'Lo and Test are arguing with each other before the match even starts up, but fuck all that shit. Debra is wearing a s- fucking stripper slutty level bikini to the ring. It's silver, I seem to remember. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Now, she's basically this, not wearing clothes. This will come as no surprise to our listeners, although it might be based on if you've seen any of my ring gear. I am not one to wear these slightly tassely bikinis when I go swimming. But if I were in a swimming pool and I had all those tassels and beads, you know sometimes where at a swim pool you've got like the little vents that take out the water and pumps it all through? I'd worry if I was swimming past that. I'd just get trapped. <laughs> it is not legitimate swimwear. That's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, dangly beads attract sharks or something, you know? Well, it might as well. Good grief. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just getting way too surreal for most people that give a shit. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I've got a note about Cole's commentating here. Do you want to hear it? Or? Far away. Okay. One singular, semi-shouting, nasal, monotone hell. Sorry, were you watching Money in the Bank? Or were you watching this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think Michael Cole has done some good work, especially later in his career. In 1999, oh, I just I wanted to saw my ears off. That was fucking... Well, I will he, impersonate him for the main event. Uh, well, not the main event, but you know what I mean. He's he's it. only in that he's only in the seat because of Jr. having to have time off. That was yeah, that, I mean, that's it. Fuck, put Kevin Kelly in the seat. You know, well, he's employed. <laughs> yeah, but the same thing as Kevin Kelly at that time versus Kevin Kelly now on commentary. It, it would be the same. Don't get me wrong. You know, in my opinion, Kevin Kelly hands down is a better sportscaster than uh, Michael Cole is from a professional wrestling standpoint. But I also do wonder how good Michael Cole would be if he didn't have Vince in his ear. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing with JR, is that I remember the, that last period with JR on commentary, I remember finding him very distracting. When they announced him for the, the main AEW guy, uh, I assumed that I would hate it. And honestly, for the first few weeks, I, where I think he was getting settled in, to having that freedom again i wasn't keen on his commentary at all same with shivoni nowadays i i love them i fucking every single week with aw i cannot get enough of what jr and shivoni and excalibur bring to the the, the table every week i think they're fucking hilarious now they i don't boys over i just think everything they do is great i was gonna say i don't watch aw religiously but what's really nice for me when i listen to it as you said especially now they've found their flow as a three-man booth oh it's so good it's got everything i liked about attitude era commentary but in the modern era yeah fucking a and they, they have that moment where something funny will happen between the three of them and they'll joke about it and laugh about it and then obviously like tony Khan or somebody in the years like Focus up, boys, and then they'll go straight back into it. And it's like, oh, they're so good at it. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine. On a um, on a commentary seminar, I uh, viewed about four weeks ago. I can't remember. I mentioned on the pod that I had went on like a a Chris no, Silvio didn't. and a um. Oh my god, I feel really bad now because I forgot the name of that. You know, on um, um, all in main yep. event commentator oh my word i'm really feeling really bad that i've forgotten the lad's name uh, what, but the um the sports uh esports guy no 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 the guy who called um all this cody for the nwa title at the first all in was it alec Mar- alex marvitz no called? no because it was good oh <laughs> <laughs> hang on um, let, oh, let, i don't remember let me just quickly scroll back through my messages because obviously he was on the here we go. And was there Excalibur and someone? Nah. Well, it, that that's the thing. It was um oh um, Brett Tanning, Brett Tanning. Okay. He was um he worked in OVW, OVW. Yeah, OVW. And he called that match because Cody asked him to call that match from his time there. And I oh, went cool. on a seminar uh, with that because obviously you know whilst we can't train, good to learn other things. And he was saying one of the best things to do if you have a producer in your ear is try and commentate on a match with someone literally just sat next to you talking at you, telling you to sure. s- talking to you about something completely different to what you're seeing on the screen to be able to get it over. And I just think that the, in 1999, as Michael Cole hadn't done 
like play by play that much before and then just to have Vince in his ear. Yeah, yeah it's, it's impossible. Imp- yeah. N- not an impossible to get to used to that early and especially on the grandest stage of the mall. <laughs> <laughs> um, you watch um, DC TV show stuff, don't you? Uh, yeah, like r- yeah. Supergirl and Gotham. Oh, and like I, I watch Gotham. I, I, I wouldn't <clears> say I'm an avid watcher of all, all of the things. Okay, so at least um, two or three of those shows, the way they record them is that the actors have earpieces in their ears and they read their lines as they're saying them for the record. Ooh. Can you imagine acting like that? How difficult that is. But it's, it's, it's a real skill. Like the girl that plays Superman, Superman, <laughs> Supergirl in that I mean, That's show a skill. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. There's so many jokes here that I won't tell. <laughs> um, uh, that is my limit. Uh, anyway, so the girl that plays Supergirl in that TV show, the DC TV one or whatever, um, she can literally have an earpiece in her ear and you can say anything to her and she'll be able to repeat it word for word, syllable for syllable as you're saying it. It's it's insane. What is it insane though, however, is the quality of this match. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just talking about other stuff now. Anyway, so um, the ladies get in each other's faces at ringside. Owen top rope dr- drop kicks to D'Lo. Double J has D'Lo pinned for what feels like a lifetime. Then the ref eventually counts the one, two, three, and retaining Double J and Owen Hart. Um, D'Lo and Test argue and brawl briefly post-match, making all this absolutely pointless. Um, yep, there you go. There's your tag match for WrestleMania. Second match in. Nothing under good so four far. minutes. Under four minutes. It's not great. It's not great at all. But fuck all that shit. Next up, we've got Bart Gunn, our Brawl for All winner, versus Butterbean. Now, we've obviously (laughs) briefly touched on this match when we covered our Brawl for All episode, which you can view in our archives at Mm. worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. God, well, Steve Williams looked pretty shit in this match, didn't he? Poor Dr. Death. <laughs> yeah, sure, man. So Isaac Hayes and the Mean Street Posse are at ringside. They get, this is the first time they get shown. Um, Scientologist Isaac Hayes. Anyway, so uh, Brawl for All match. Special referee is Vinny Panzienza, who apparently is a famous boxer. I have never heard of this guy until this show. Did you? No, not at all. And I still have no idea cool. who it is. The only person I realized in this match outside of Butterbean and Bart Gunn was Gorilla Monsoon. Sure. So I Which mean I that is the best moment of the whole match, really. I mean a match, can you call it a match? And it was also Gorilla's last ever appearance on WWE TV. Yeah. So um all the announcers, the judges get announced over the um arena tunnel or whatever. And the moment they say Gorilla's name, the whole place stands up and applauds like passionately and uh deservedly so, man. What I a mean, legend. The, the poor Gorilla, he d- he he looked in a bad way here, the yeah, poor lad. Not the same person we remember from all the other shows we've covered and such, you know. But a lovely a lovely show of respect from the Philly crowd. It was great. Absolutely. And what's quite notorious is a bit of a disrespectful crowd as well. Like, that was quite a moment. But I think uh, Gorilla's from the Philly area, or at least has wrestled in Philadelphia quite a lot. I mean, maybe they just hoped that he was going to go and knock out Bart Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a better event, match. Um... I think it still would have gone the same way. Fight. <laughs> so, uh, quoting a great man, Bart Gunn gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I quoted myself and call myself great. I'm so funny. <laughs> 
Uh, it takes seconds, literally a few seconds, as we've talked about on previous podcast. Instant knockout. Uh, the replays, oh god, tax the replays. I mean, he, the, the super slow mo, just watching his neck snap and then just fall onto that bottom rope. The yeah. it's horrible. It's absolutely terrible. Can you imagine though? Had Bart Gunn managed to win, WWE would have had to go. <laughs> oh fuck, we're gonna have to push him. Yeah, and that promo that hello, my name is Bart Gunn. I am a wrestler. There, I am wrestling a person. He is bad. Please, please clap me. <laughs> the Bart Gunn, because I've seen people oh. say after this brawl for all thing, and a lot of the things looking back in the old archives and news bits, and mm. were saying what he really needs is a mouthpiece. No, because they fucking tried to do that Ryback and Curtis <laughs> Axel, and they gave him Paul Heyman, and that went really well for them. Yeah, it's it's one of these guys that. Great workhorse, really good carpenter. You want him around, you know, but he's not a guy to push. He just never was, really. Yeah, and you're not going to come back to be technical wrestler after being brawl for all winner because everyone will be like, oh, he's the knockout guy. Oh, why is he doing an arm drag? Yeah, exactly. And uh, the best thing about this is this is the last of the tough enough, tough man bullshit in WWF. Thank God. Can you imagine if they tried? If they did one in today's time, who would win? Who who would win a, a legitimate fighting tournament in the WWE? Right now, yeah. Brock Lesnar. Oh, sorry, who would win of those who would take part? <laughs> <laughs> so basically we're talking uh, lower mid-card guys, aren't we? Yeah, and most of them who have been could, fired now. <laughs> who could win a brawl? I would probably say... I'd say Ali Black uh, had a good uh, chance. I mean, in, well, it depends whether he would do it. I don't think he would. But if, if we're just talking like the mid-card guys away from the very biggest main event scene, then the obvious choice is Matt Riddle. He's a UFC fighter. Uh, sorry, you said mid-card. Sorry, he's not there yet. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like one of the most over people in the whole company. <laughs> anyway. He's so lucky to not have been like released. Him, <laughs> <laughs> so uh so vince really gets the levity of like you know a real human getting knocked the fuck out in the middle of the ring because how do you follow that up tax <laughs> i mean i could have a dramatic promo i could lead it into another match or i could send out the san diego chicken fucking hell a man in a chicken suit runs out to the ring Vinny panzienza ko's the chicken with a brutal uppercut to the beak um, the, the chicken sells it for like five seconds then just stands up and starts dancing around so Vinny's in rightfully so knocks it the fuck out for a second time <laughs> as the camera's cut away to another video package from Heat earlier this evening uh, I mean this is silly but it has a nice reoccurring moment later in the night so yeah planting the seeds great booking <laughs> <laughs> oh god so uh heat heat uh recap from earlier in the evening um big show was he on mtv at this point oh i think it was at this time yeah 99 i think it was on mtv yeah i think it was as well that's where they had uh, the music knows. concert as the pre-show uh i don't remember that they showed clips of it later on. They had uh, oh, like oh, oh yeah, don't don't blow your spots yet. That's a whole other thing. Hang on. <laughs> so a big show attacks mankind backstage, uh, almost comedy level of ridiculousness because show goes to like grab Mick, so show falls into a table. So his hands are on the floor, his hips are on the table, but his massive legs are like sticking in the air, flipping about. Like <laughs> I popped hard for this. I thought it was hilarious. Whale fish, whale fish, whale fish. 
Oh, Mr. Scruff reference. Wow, look there at we you. go. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think this is meant to be funny, but I fucking pissed myself laughing. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kelly. Yay! Locker room interview with Mankind of the Foley variety. Um, big Show is going to see an angry young man. Uh, surprisingly average promo by Mick here. It's very short and very just like... Could it yep. be because he was fighting for a place to referee the main event of WrestleMania and he's that disinterested. Yeah, I mean, Mick is such a professional usually. You would have thought he'd put something behind this with a, essentially a debuting big show. He's only been here a month or two, hasn't he? Yeah, he debuted obviously on the 14th of Feb 1999. Yeah, so a year and a half, uh, sorry, a month and a half big show's been here. And then, <laughs> it's obviously no one spent spoiled the ending, but... It's good it took a month and a half to turn him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the first of many. This part of uh, Quizlemania on, on Parts of Unknown now is <laughs> how many uh, heel turns or face turns does Big Show do. They had a good name for it. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, fuck it. So the match is uh, the winner gets to referee the main event match of <laughs> Mankind versus the Big Show, Paul White, as he's going by currently. Everyone dreams um, of main eventing WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> so foley in his hand painted zebras gotta love it uh there's a sign in the crowd that says god is foley i thought that was a really clever little touch yeah uh backstory here is that show chokeslam mankind off the ladder to stop him winning the strap from the rock cole boo it does come in handy sometimes at least because he explains it um um walk and or brawl <laughs> feeling a pattern yeah i mean we're 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 at the same level of a kick punch struggling in the corner for a rumble i, I know you're joking around and stuff but seriously no, every single is, fucking match is the same is thing yep. well it's this is what we've come to remember from the attitude era it's weird why did i like it so much i can't storyline yeah and i think it's um the controversy of 97 98 that really hooked me Exactly. I mean, these guys are fighting over a referee place. Who would not yeah. want that compelling storyline? Um, big Show with a Russian leg sweep. That was nice. That was a good bit of move. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely showing a lot of agility in this match. And I think maybe someone soon is going to have a serious word with him and be like, look, stop doing things in the ring. <laughs> You're going to make everyone else look bad. Well, in some of the Big Show documentaries, and I think there's one on the network, actually, he always wanted in WCW to put on wrestling matches, to put on clinics, mm. and they wouldn't let him. Like, Hogan pulled into one side and was like, what are you doing, brother? By the way, can I uh, can I do your wife? <laughs> well, uh, the latter bit, yeah, whatever. But the former bit, it makes sense. He's the Big Show, for God's sake. He needs to play that character. You, you know, you don't see James Bond fucking, you know, punching kids or whatever. The problem we've had here already is Big Show debuted on the 14th of February and looked like an absolute monster. And a month and a half later, he looks worthless. I mean, we can say he's losing to Mick Foley via disqualification on the third match into WrestleMania. It's it's totally weird. Because he's so dumb and gets disqualified. <laughs> so, um, just to run through some of the bits in this match, because there are some things of noteworthy. Uh, Mick is taking horrible head and neck bumps from everything show does. Mick is a madman during 99. 
He's got a point to prove, hasn't he? I think he wanted his WrestleMania yeah. moment, and then he's he's not far off of having the uh, essentially Triple H's career-defining feud. Sure. Yep. There's literally a moment where Show gently shoves Mick. Mick takes a flip bump onto his neck over the ring steps on the outside. You're like, God damn it! Just just fall gently onto your knees like Kane or something, you know? Do you get the anyway. impression though at this stage that Foley? has done everything once in WWE and he knows he's got maybe 12 months left so he just wants to push everything because he knows he's going to yeah. try and walk away maybe man uh, multiple mandible claw attempts by Mick Foley goes to um, sorry Foley punts Big Show in the dick right in front of Baby Earl who just gives Mick a little warning <clears throat> can he do that Joey yeah you don't even need to see me to know when to do it look at you uh show smashes the steel chair over foley and again right in front of baby earl who lets show get away with it damn it hebner well it's amazing that we've now had two moments that could lead to a disqualification so you'd think you'd think this match is going to have a clean finish because show chokeslams foley through two steel chairs in the middle of the ring Foley, let's face it, barely touches the chairs. Hebner finally finds his balls somewhere and disqualifies the big show. Uh, well, he did so... use two chairs, not one, even though oh. he technically used no chairs. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? So the, uh, so the ref for tonight's main event is apparently going to be Mankind. I say apparently because Vince out to admonish the big show. Vince spins show around before giant, the giant has a chance to walk away. Show almost choke slams Vince. Really cool that we can clearly hear Vince, even though he isn't using a mic uh, during this whole promo as he's talking shit to Big Show. Thought it was really good. Uh, at the end, Vince goes, You're nobody. I'm Vince McMahon. Damn it. Vince slaps Big Show across the face. Paul White knocks out Vinnie Mac with one punch. Vince sells it like death, like literally motionless on the floor. Um, I know it's ridiculous that they've already turned him face after being the heater for Vince and the corporation and such, but I quite like how they did it. I mean, that slap was already Vince McMahon going, I have wasted so much money on signing you. <laughs> oh, you reckon? You're not a fan? I'm a fan of Paul White for the fact that he is an agile and athletic big man. The problem, unfortunately, with Big Show is that they never... They never maximized him. They never utilized him to his strengths. They mm. should have had him as a man who appeared infrequently, but when he did, he'd just run through people. And then you've, all, like we always say these days, then you've got a heel that is unbeatable. So then you can actually elevate someone to beat the big show. But already he's thrown Austin through a cage and cocks things up for McMahon. So he's been a doofus. And now he's got himself disqualified to ruin McMahon's plan. So he's a doofus. So instantly, this big lad is stupid. Would, do you think it would have been better as, say, you know, someone's bodyguard, for example, for a few years? As in still wrestling, but, you know, acting that Kevin Nash role to Shawn Michaels, for example. Well, look what they were doing with Wardlow. Wardlow's going to be a huge star, and he's nowhere yeah. near as big as Big Show, but it's the right idea. You need to put him Jack with... Jack Swagger a, with Jericho, too. Same yeah, thing. You need to put him with a cocky prick and just never have him lose. Just run through people, do his bidding. But the problem with the modern day booking was the fact that the bodyguard or the heater would always be the one to get beat before moving on to the main event. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's weird. So a replay of Foley going through the chairs. Cole goes, 
Two steel stairs. Because he's <laughs> fucking shit at his job. Two steel so stairs. People, so many people make that mistake by saying stairs or chairs rather than ladders or whatever it may be. People always get it wrong. That's because everything um, in wrestling is so used to being steel. Had they yeah. sort of differentiated, then we'd be fine. Yeah, I think it's easily done. So um, as uh, Foley and Vince are helped to the back, there's a weird clicking sound on my video. Did you get this? I didn't notice any clicking, no. Okay, it was like someone forgot to turn off a metronome or something. It was a bit weird, but whatever, it doesn't matter. That's um, how they so do. That's how they keep the time at the back in backstage in Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Got an actual physical metronome. Someone's sitting there going one, two, three <laughs> as the match goes on. <laughs> so uh, Vince on his way to the back, like a little crybaby, is going, "This is WrestleMania, and I just got knocked on my ass." Like he's so funny. Vince is the best. An absolute um, trillionaire, just not caring about looking stupid yeah he's he's genius man so funny i enjoyed his cameo at money in the bank (laughs) yeah with uh ajn dragon that's great i like how dragon bowed to him (laughs) (laughs) so the camera like actually is following vince up the entrance ramp right and so it continues following him as he goes through the curtain until he gets to the backstage area. I thought this was a super cool concept. Yeah, nice behind the curtain this. clip, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd love to see this done more. Vince wants the cops to arrest Big Show. He's furious with the big man. Which leads us into our four-corner elimination match. Oh, wait, you haven't really spoken. What do you think of this, the whole match and such, with uh, Show and Mankind? I think any match when you're fighting to be a referee... If it, they should, they should have done whoever wins this goes in the main event to to have any. It was a match for nothing and a sh- yeah. another schmozzy finish. Which unfortunately, as the more we revisit it, the more we find of this time of the Attitude Era. With all these matches, it does feel like they've all been booked last second as well. Well, this this is what we said earlier, Attitude Era. You focus on your main event and you don't care about your undercard. You've got talented people who can cause a bit you know bit of fandom and get a bit of a reaction but there's no real story mm. all the times where people are like oh well vince russo he made sure there was a story for everyone is there really though because there's no there, i would say there was through 97 98 mostly like you think about things we talked about last week everything had a little story attached to it yeah and not I, now oh actually saying that had russo gone to wcw at this stage have we got smackdown yet Nah, he's 2000 because they do the whole reset and um yes that was, was it. it was it bash 2000 when he has the whole thing with hogan yeah <laughs> when hogan so, tried to sue him <laughs> so yeah he would have only been there a couple of months before that because he arrived right before i seem to remember this was like the first time he tried to get hogan to put someone over and last second he was like it doesn't work for me brother 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 mm. so i think he was still he's not there for long i think he's given up on, on the storylines of the smaller people at least you know yeah as, as becomes apparent yeah. in this although the uh, as you said the four-way ic title match um mm. have we done our who's our competitors in this year no I don't know. i'm just about to read them out oh, sorry so a four corner elimination match for the wf intercontinental championship of the road dog our current champion weirdly uh, versus Ken Shamrock versus Val Venus versus Goldust with making her much anticipated <laughs> return to the podcast Ryan Shamrock and the Blue Meanie is also here oh Ryan Shamrock she's back on the podcast she's fucking crap isn't she I'll tell you what remember, we've got remember we've her got... contribution to TNA <laughs> <laughs> I'll always remember her contribution to TNA 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking hell. But, you know, it's nice to get all the classics back. <laughs> Double J on the card as well. <laughs> uh, who are we missing? We're missing someone. Oh, Murder Clown would be nice. No, We haven't even got a Murder Clown reference to this one. No one makes a dive at any point in the whole fucking night. It's just walk no. and brawl. Literally every single match is just walk and brawl. Um, Road Dog does his thing. It's good fun. Crowd sing along, etc., etc. Um, how the fuck did Road Dog end up with the Intercontinental Strap, Dax? I, I, I can't remember this at all. I, I, I can't remember either. All I knew is that he was going for the hardcore title and then Rex ended up with the IC belt. The, I mean, let's be honest. The whole the whole story around this match floats around that Ryan Shamrock's Ken Shamrock's sister. She's been with Val Venus, and now she's with Gold Dust. And Road Dog's not on the card, so <laughs> there's the IC title match. Yeah, I mean, of course he walks out with the new kind of oval shaped IC belt as well, because go on, I know you want to. No, 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 far away. I'll let you do it. Well, oh, Austin threw the belt on the fucking river, didn't he? <laughs> like it's a great moment. Like, I missed that angular intercontinental belt. I was so happy when they brought it back, and I fucking hate the new one, the little penny squash thing. Well, that's another reason why Sami Zayn never turned up to work. So yeah, I ain't carrying that man. shit. Can't believe they stripped him of the title. It's so fucked up. But as we saw online, I enjoyed the fact that but Andrade, who failed a drugs test and didn't turn up to work, could keep his belt. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's amazing, that. though, that Sami Zayn rubs people the wrong way backstage and Andrade is going out with Charlotte Flair. Hmm. I wonder uh, if there's uh, any politics playing. Nah, there's no politics in wrestling. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Road Dog does his talking. It's now Val's turn. Hello, ladies. I'm instantly uh, he hard. Have, <laughs> <laughs> he seems to have run out of dick jokes, though, because he says, and I quote, Once again, the big Val Boski is going for the Intercontinental Championship. Well, ladies, never fear. Because even that belt, Val gestures towards the icy strap, will never keep the big Val Boski's pants on. Where's the dick puns? No innuendo, nothing. He's just like, yep, that is a belt. I have a penis. Great. And let's be honest, there are no belt buckles that thick to fit the icy strap round <laughs> to keep your trousers up. So logical. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I used to love Val's promos. These were like the highlight of my like, like teens, basically. They're fucking hilarious. I just remember how uh, how Val Venus, like part of his entrance theme, where they had like the picture of the pneumatic drill, always looked like um linchpin from Fear Factory's music video. <laughs> you know, the hot dog going into the bun, just like Fear Factory. <laughs> they bloody love guitarist. Yeah, he loves hot dogs, dogs mate. <laughs> 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 oh brilliant we've had Mr. Scruff we've ragged on Fear Factory it's oh, great day so cool. Attitude Era mate. yeah fucking A <laughs> I'm deliberately so, making a concerted effort to swear more because it's the Attitude Era this week ah uh, fucking A yeah fucking cunt yeah <laughs> so um, Gold Dust Entrance production is just fucking gangster we've talked about it plenty before though so uh, back to more gold gold dust this, this year I guess it would be uh, not the dominatrix Marilyn Manson type gold dust we had for the DX in your house pay per view. Uh, what good. do you think? Good or bad? I mean, I I always preferred the the first the first incarnation of gold dust incarnation of gold yeah. dust. I, I like having Blue Meanie around with him as his little follower. That's that's a nice little uh, change up because I'm a secret fan of Mister Hoffman. I, I I quite like the Blue Meanie. Yeah, sure, man. Big BWO guy from ECW. You know, that's that's my that's my shtick. That is. 
Um, <laughs> I love how creepy it is with big fat blue meanie on the outside calling Goldust mummy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought of this? Because whoever thought of it is a genius because that's so fucked up. That's going to make you think, you know? I mean, does that mean Brian Shamrock's the daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. So, um, Kenny comes out as a face and i'm like so this is post corporation ken ken shamrock's already left the corporation even though it's not really had its time yet i mean don't forget shortly after this event is when uh david Starr's wet dream happened and the union was formed <laughs> so oh, yeah ken- for like a week on raw yeah. you know that was great wasn't it union <laughs> I was so so hyped for that. I remember going to school the next day and talking to like friends and being like, oh, this new stable's going to run wild. It's going to be like, you know, the new DX or something. <laughs> it's literally next week. Like, wait, what did we do last week? I've forgotten. Oh, fucking so dumb. It's um, probably because Vince went, hang on, did you put something on my TV show that's called a union? <laughs> <laughs> so as, as we were saying earlier, there's not a great deal of storyline through the vast majority of these matches, but this has quite a lot going on. We've got Kenny and Val are kind of feuding over Ken's sister. Because Val's weird. like, yeah. Um, but then Goldust is also involved in this. So it's feuding with Kenny as well. Uh, Ken Shamrock. I can call him Kenny because he's, you know, informal mate, obviously. <laughs> um, we've also got Blue Meanie and Ryan Shamrock don't like each other, even though they're valeting the same person, Goldust. You've then got Ken and Ryan as well with their little brother-sister feud even though they're shagging behind the scenes because they're not really <laughs> brother and sister. I mean, it, it, there's some stories. And Road Dogs there. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what I've written on the next line. Uh, I've put the ECW regulars that, that are usually at ringside are there, and they're abusing the shit out of Ryan Shamrock. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, and Road Dog is also in the match as well. Uh, there's more stuff going on with the ECW got the fans at ringside than there is with Road Dog in this match. I mean, I like the fact that, as we mentioned earlier, Vince McMahon hates tag team wrestlers because he's got to pay both. Yet he's having to pay, have Goldust have two valets and pay three people in that little group. Yes, yeah, odd, isn't it? So uh, Ryan over to shout at Kenny. Uh, Val and Kenny brawl up the entranceway. Tim White counts to 10 insanely fast. Like he's doing the whole one. Uh, wait for a few seconds. Two. Uh, for eight, nine and 10, he literally goes eight. Nine, ten. <laughs> like it's, oh, it, it's not good. It's really, really not good. Dog shit. Eliminating both Ken Shamrock and Val Venus in one go. Uh, Ryan tries to grab Goldie's leg, but misses. Uh, Goldust still reacts, though, like she did grab his leg. It's a bit awkward. Professional. Uh, road dogs. I mean, that's the finish. So he's, he's trying to do his job. I, I don't blame him. Uh, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, not great. Uh, Road Dog rolls up Goldust for the devastating maneuver for roll up for the one, two, three. It's WrestleMania, you fucking pricks. <laughs> Winner. And, st- and still 24 7 uh, champion. <laughs> the Road Dog's still the IC champion with a fucking roll up after a count out eliminating two dudes and a roll up. Jeezy crazy. This was Dross. It's such overbooked bullshit. Like, this is... There's loads of story going into it, but the booking is ridiculous the whole way through the match. Let's move on to something that should be entertaining. <sighs> I mean, I mean I'm mean, i going to be honest. I, I enjoyed it. 
it's terrible, but I loved it in every way, shape, or form. <laughs> oh um, my! Sorry, I, I just I think it's nostalgia more than anything. I just think it's fucking funny, all of it. So uh, Big Show gets arrested in a car park by many police. I counted twelve of them. It's nice they still hired actors then rather than independent wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, in a, oh fuck, we forgot to book these two match, Kane versus <laughs> Triple H. <laughs> I've been in few of those. Yeah, I think a lot of people have to be fair, but WrestleMania, Kane and Triple H, we can't do better than this. Fucking hell, guys. Well, they were both so, big stars at the time. Biggish yeah. stars. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, this is a match, isn't it? <laughs> I think this is probably the last Triple H match at Amania that I didn't actually have anything any, anything good to say about. Because yeah, you ever know what since happens then, in a year or two, right? Yeah, but e- even then, we've had... There are some good points, like 17, which we'll get to uh, next week with, with The Undertaker, was very, very good. Yeah, um, yeah. 18, they had no chance going on main event after rock hogan it's just it, triple h is despite you know holding down the division everyone's slate cena for doing it and say the triple h did the same it's just unfortunately glenn jacobs is a very very good foil as a big man i just i could never get into the the next few rotations of kane character until he got to team hell no because it was something different that's a long time as well yeah i understand what you're saying there um so kane china and triple h uh, dressed as gold dust firebombing video package I've got written here. I don't remember this. No. Oh, that's it. I remember. Oh. So they have the whole... What is it? Kane burns someone, then Triple H burns Kane. Is that it? Kane burned China, I think. I can't I can't remember. All I remember is before this match, then obviously Kane attacking a chicken. I mean, yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> Okay, so bad uh, notes on my part. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, you skipped over my whole joke about Kane being cucked by Triple H in China, but let's move on. So <laughs> blackout, <laughs> blackout. The arena goes in the darkness. The organs kick in. <laughs> Fire and brimstone. That's gotta be Kane. Uh, or as Cole introduces him, he's Kane. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cole's a fan of the product, so he just no sells it. It's fine. <laughs> so bad like think about how anyone would sell this how jr sold kane yeah it's gotta be kane oh it's a monster all this sort of stuff cole's going through his fucking spiel as kane's doing his intimidating entrance he could just shut the fuck up and let us appreciate the moment but he just parks up going he's kane (laughs) like what the fuck is he doing oh do you think this is vince i i mean considering this was from uh, Vince's commentary when The Undertaker debuted and did the tombstone, he said, that looked like some kind of a tombstone. <laughs> and so Vince McMahon yeah. just creating shit. But uh, again, I think that Michael Cole at this time, again, may have not been overly familiar or cared about the product. So it's a case of, all right, we've got Kane and Triple H. Okay, here's Kane. Or as a commentator, what actually happened is Michael Cole probably went backstage and said, what do you want me to get over in your match? And Kane said, oh, you know my stuff. <laughs> Michael Cole just got him got him back on commentary on the grandest stage of them all. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, so you're getting that gimmick over, aren't you? So anyway, so that bloody chicken is back from earlier in the night. Uh, the guy in the chicken too. Uh, the chicken jumps on the back of Kane. Kane gets the better of the chicken. 
Uh, <laughs> weird sentence. Uh, Kane rips off the head of the chicken, uh, less weird sentence, to unveil famous baseball legend. I say legend because he left my beloved Red Sox to go to the scumbags that are the New York uh, Yankees. Uh, Pete Rose, what a piece of shit he is. So um, Tombstone, fire explodes from the ring post. Red out. Um, I was like, oh, is that it? Because <laughs> they're doing Kane's exit bit? But no. Um, it's like, tri- Triple H has changed. <laughs> it, it's it's fun, the whole thing with Pete Rose and Kane. Because they did it in 98 as well, didn't they? I think they do it one more time. Yeah, in the, they did it like in a Rumble. Did, was it Royal Rumble 2000 they did it, possibly? I can't remember the third one. I remember 98, uh, WrestleMania, obviously. Uh, wait, no, not WrestleMania. Was it SummerSlam? Or, or the next one I remember is that Pete Rose was in a Rumble. and then oh no, or I don't know if it's Pete no, Rose it or was, Drew Carey. I'm sorry, it was WrestleMania 14 because it's pre-match with The Undertaker. They come out and uh, Pete Rose is doing the introductions and Kane gives him the tombstone and then they go into Undertaker's entrance. I'm sure it is. Um, but I don't remember the third one. No, sorry. What do you say it was? Drew Carey or something? I th- I th- it was either Drew Carey or, or Pete Rose, but one of them is when they were in the ring and then Kane, Kane was the next number out and he's jumped over the top rope. It might have been Drew Carey. Oh, well, that was cool. Um, So, DX music kicks in. Triple H slides into the ring from the crowd behind Kane. Triple H uppercuts Kane in the dick. Ah, <laughs> Vince Russo. Uh, <laughs> bell rings and the match starts. Can he do that, Joey? Well, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recycle recycle gimmicks because you know nut shots are fine. Yeah, absolutely. For a big man, uh, Kane can take a hell of a bump in 1999. He is seriously flopping around the ring for Triple H. He is just the best. He's so underrated. Here's a possibly a debate for maybe another another time. But uh-huh. who do you think's the better in ring performer, Undertaker or Kane? Uh, has to be Taker because of the storyline and um, I mean take moments. take take away the gimmicks. Just look at the worker. In terms of like athleticism in their prime, uh, Kane when he came in as um, pre Kane, like he is. It's like Doctor Isaac Yankum. He's fucking incredible. Like the gimmick is stupid. The character doesn't work. But watch his in ring shit when he's doing Diesel spots. You know, is the fake Diesel? Fake Diesel, yeah. He does them way better than Kevin Nash does them. <laughs> like, Kane is really good. Um, but yeah, it's just... Uh, you, you have to think, if you're going to compare, like, um, Kane and Taker or Rock and Austin or whoever, you have to look at, like, the moments for me. And... It's Undertaker, I mean, hands it, down. It comes down to simple simple as this. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker... Just put that on a card, and I'm sold. I'm in. Those are my favorite. One of my favorite matches of all time. Agreed. Uh, Kane is underrated, but he will never be the best big man in the business because that will be the Undertaker. Yep, absolutely. So some asshole throws beer over the front few rows where the wrestlers are. What a piece of shit! But it's the night you so is what it is. Uh, Kane does some. Then he started chanting, "This is progress." <laughs> 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 oh god uh, how, oh wait hang on uh, 
Kane, 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 Kane. Oh, retire that fucking chant. Anyway, not that one, but you know, the melody. Uh, Kane does some zombie Undertaker spots, probably better than the Undertaker does them. Let's face facts. He's really fucking good in 99. Uh, China makes his way down to. Oh, oh, that was a slip of the tongue. Sorry. I'm not going to cut it because I can't be bothered, but China makes her way down to ringside. Uh, she slides some ring steps into the ring. <laughs> that was a mistake. Definite. Shut up. Look how Shut definite up. you're being, though. You're like, Shut she, up. She does this and <laughs> she does that now. <laughs> oh, am I going to have to cut that? Oh, it's funny. No, enough. fuck it. I won't. It was a mistake. It was generally, I just, yep. That's what um, Triple H said. Oh, digging <laughs> a hole now. We're digging deep holes. <laughs> that's We're what, going mining. <laughs> that's what Xbox did. <laughs> She slides some ring steps into the ring, which Triple H uses to his advantage. Chokeslam to Triple H by Kane. China grabs a chair, smashes it over Kane for the disqualification. Oh, uh, who would have seen it? Oh. Gotta people, keep people strong, brother. It's WrestleMania. Keep people what strong, is brother. This finish? So the winner is Kane via disqualification. At least this pretty boring match is over because it was getting a bit too much towards this the end. This dragged and it was only 11 minutes. It dragged. Oh no, man. Kane and Triple H should have been better than this. Um, it's just this fuck all story. So what have they got to work with, you know? These two are great storytellers. Just give them something. Well, well, as you said, and also I looked a bit further down my notes, obviously they did the whole fireball thing where it's supposed to be for Triple H and got China and Kane and China. Are, oh, I love you, Kane. And now she's yeah. broken his heart. But Kane yeah. got the win. So as we always say in wrestling, you know, he got the winner's share of the purse. <laughs> I guess they did have somewhat of a story to work with, but it, just, it was not memorable, really. Well, you mm. thought that wasn't memorable. Jesus Christ. What followed well, next? <laughs> well, well, quickly, post-match, Triple H smashes a chair over Kane, pedigrees Kane on the chair. China jumps up into the future Mr. Stephanie's arms. <laughs> um, yay, DX is back together. But I'm sure this was the last we'll see of them tonight. Nothing else for these two to do. Nothing oh, of course not. No, no, nothing at all. Kevin Kelly backstage. Yay, by the way. Uh, chatting to... Uh, blah, Chang to Chang, oh, fuck's sake that sentence went well <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Kelly backstage chatting to camera about the ref for tonight's main event oh listen to that enunciation genius uh, mankind has been taken to a local hospital note not a local medical facility hmm they hadn't been invented then <laughs> Vince, Vince walks into shop to talk to Kevin Kelly and says you know I just so happen to have the best-looking referee shirt in my bag. I'm going to be the referee. I'm going to be the special guest referee. This is good shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he says that he's got the best-looking referee shirt in his bag. He, he doesn't come out later in a referee shirt, so he's fucking lying. <laughs> just, we need just a little thing that rubbed me the wrong way. Sorry, I'm being pedantic now. Need a GTV to see who nicked it. Yeah, sure. But don't worry, our next up, our WF World's Women's title match is here to rescue the show of our champion, Sable. Heel Sable. Well, newly heel Sable that's getting cheered by 90% of the fucking audience versus our challenger, Tori. Not Tori Wilson, but Tori, the one that married Charlie Huss. 
No, that was Jackie Gator. I know people. <laughs> <laughs> Tory. No, that was kind of the joke, but it's fine. It's oh, sorry. So <laughs> um, stable coming out. Oh, fuck me. Uh, so, did I make the mistake, honestly? Did I tell a joke? Who knows? Let's carry on. I tell you what uh, was a joke. One minutes and three seconds of what we're about to watch. <laughs> what, the match. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, it was 5.09, but you know, <coughs> Jesus. Crikey, this was uh. ugly. Ugly. Ugly, 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 ugly. The good thing that the women are attractive because this match was ugly. <laughs> So Sable coming out doing a bad Rick Rude impression is a weird way to turn someone heel. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Sable coming out doing a bad Rick Rude impression was a gr- was a strange way to turn me on. <laughs> <laughs> All the moustache always does it for me. So <laughs> Sable goes, "Are you boys ready for the grind?" Wow, what a promo! I mean, promo of the year already, yeah. I mean, she's a cover superstar. <laughs> Tori makes her entrance in her Mr. Mistopheles outfit. <laughs> Let's go. I'm so proud of that line. Well done. Well played. It is. E- it's a cat's thing. End the podcast. End the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. <laughs> Roll the credits. So uh, what follows is a technical masterclass. <laughs> I'll get there. Hold on. What follows is a technical masterclass oh, full of quality match psychology, the personification of perfection, a six-star classic at the Tokyo Dome. I have slightly different notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone needs to take the personification of perfection, by the way, because that's a fucking banging bit of alliteration. Um, Cole. Boo. Thank you very much. Uh, says, Sable has turned into a tremendous in-ring competitor. What a lying piece of shit. Well, that's interesting you <laughs> said that because my notes here, Sable sends Tori into the rails and knees her. She follows with an ugly crossbody from the apron. Tori gets in the cor- and some corner clothesline action before an ugly sunset flip. Sable gets another ugly sunset flip before they both bridge out. <laughs> the referee is wiped out and most of the crowd wish they were him. Yeah, fucking a man that's the only like <laughs> good thing this is literally it it's softcore porn basically in, in a wrestling show and it's not even that filthy or naughty even it's just two women that can't wrestle flopping about in a ring you know it's oh, referee, that sounds horrible but it's true the referee only stayed down for as long as possible so he didn't have to watch the match <laughs> <laughs> so as you say ref bump botchy mcbotchy botch on the sable bomb i still want that t-shirt by the way if anyone finds a sable bomb t-shirt xll just send it to me uh, i'll pay you many many monies for it um a debuting nicole bass a press slams tory and gestures towards sable who knows why or what this is meant to achieve. I believe um, some of the dirt sheets that around this time where I did a little bit of uh, digging into referred to Nicole Bass as the really unappropriate in this day and age. Oh, chick with a dick. Chicks with dicks. I mean, yeah, she's not the most feminine of people in the world. She is massive. But um, Listen to Bruce Pritchard on um, Something to Wrestle to discuss the contract negotiations with Nicole Bass. That's exactly what I was just about to bring uh, up as well. They gave Vince Russo wanted to give her a huge contract, according to uh, Pritchard, which I've heard a lot of people say he talks a lot of bollocks on that show, by the way. Um, but yeah, they gave Nicole Bass this giant contract apparently for lots and lots of money, and she was hell to work with and all sorts, right? Well, yeah, that's because she could bench more than most of the lads. <laughs> yeah, true. 
So uh, the finish comes off the Sable Bobby. <laughs> One, two, three. Jesus. <laughs> the idea of Japanese commentators doing the Sable Bomb call. I don't know why. That makes me laugh so much. If I ever become Sable a big lottery. <laughs> I, I promise this now. If I ever win the lottery, I'm going to pay a Japanese commentary team. Like maybe the Dragon Gate boys would be able to commentate on this match for us for our own enjoyment. Oh, fucking hell. So good. For the one, two, three, I love shitty wrestling matches. What can I say? And still, WF Women's Champion Sable. Uh, I'm disappointed it's over. I want to talk about this match more, though it was fucking hilariously bad. This got longer than Owen Hart at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, that makes me so sad inside. Oh, god damn. And they said so- people didn't take women's wrestling seriously in the 90s. <laughs> To uh, put the icing on the cake here, Sable wiggles her bum at the camera and grinds over Tori as she lays down uh, dead on the floor. Pedo King drools over Sable as she walks to the back and, oh, it's fucking abysmal. It's nice he tried to cover it up with a girl of age. Yeah. He's probably looking at some kid in the front row, you know, piece of shit. So there is an <laughs> X-Pac Shane video package here that is cut from the network, unfortunately. But um, it's good fun. I recommend having a look if you give a shit um yeah so next up kevin kelly is backstage for an x-puck promo with all of the dx behind him the uh, boys I, I are s- back together and china i say a dx mom <laughs> dx an x-puck promo uh triple h does all the talking here until x-puck cuts a world-class level line at the end of this promo shane get ready for some Pain. Drugs are bad, kids. One, just let that one sit for a minute. Just yeah, just uh, give it. You know, the moment of silence it deserves. He shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like X Park, but this promo is wow. Like he's mm, yeah. Mm. And people say they don't need script writers these days. <laughs> Yeah, the ones on lots and lots of drugs do. Um, so, WWF European Championship match up next of Shane McMahon, a current champion, champion <laughs> with Test versus X-Pac. It's WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> the Mean Street Posse and a few others I don't recognize are on the front row. Comes into play later, as you might expect. Ah, the European strap. From Shawn Michaels, well, China, to Shane McMahon in just over a year. What were they thinking with this belt? Tax, what do you think? Well, it was a gimmick for the tours to start with. And they bought it in because they needed another TV strap. Because, well, they needed a strap because WCW had the TV title. Um, and <laughs> I'm not sure that was a problem, to be honest. But okay. Well, I, you know, similar to what we covered on the DX pay-per-view, light heavyweight titles, nowhere to be seen on mania yeah, it's, a shame. it's gone um, by this time basically and you know he's the best european to hold the belt <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an odd one who was the first to win it was it bulldog or was it owen i seem to remember it's one of those oh i think it was bulldog who won it first because it was the match in germany wasn't it with owen yeah was but, that the first one for the e-belt or oh, god i don't remember but basically that match is fucking awesome by the way but yeah go on sorry but this match probably the best on the card 
<laughs> it might be. Uh, the Stooges, Patterson and Briscoe, jump X-Puck during his entrance, uh, but Puck gets the better of them. Uh, Shane playing with a cowardly chicken shit heel is absolutely brilliant. He's really, really funny. He does the uh, crane kick pose to X-Puck because he's like, you know, the educated feet guy. <laughs> he does the leapfrog into a massive celebration, <laughs> which I thought was genius, like hilarious levels of greatness. Only for Puck to kick Shano right in the face after he's done celebrating. Uh, Shane runs, Puck goes to get him, only for Tess to take out Puck, etc, etc, etc. Uh, Shane uses Tess's weight belt uh, to whip X Park right in front of the ref. Can you do that, Joey? God damn it, Hebner. Um, the Stop turning posse... merch out of the boot of your car, Hebner. It's <laughs> <laughs> got the ninja stars like Bishop. So um, the Mean Street Posse get involved by grabbing Park. Um, Rodney Mack selling before Park hit him in the face is pretty funny. Rodney Mack? That's definitely not the guy. <laughs> Oh, I don't so know which Ro- one's was which. Was it Rodney Mack? No, because Rodney Mack was a Pete wrestler. Pete Rodney Mack, wasn't it? Was it Rodney Mack? Because, oh my word, because Rodney Mack was a proper I'm wrestler prob- as well. I know I know what you're saying. is the guy with uh, Teddy Long, wasn't it? Yeah. Because Rod- Rodney so was the, the name blonde- of the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> I well, we've got Pete Gas, Joey Abs, and... Joey Abs, Rod- that's the one. So yeah. it's Pete Gas or Joey Abs? Which one's the blonde one? The short one. Uh, well, that's the thing. That was Rodney. Because Pete, Pete Gass and Rodney were the Shane McMahon's real friends and Joey Abbs was the lad who could actually wrestle who wasn't part of his actual crew in real life. We've got into Mean Street Posse Inception. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? How do we get back out of this Inception? Do we just move on just to forget uh, we said anything? No, because as, as as we chat about the Mean Street Posse, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to find it out, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. But yeah, Joey Abs was I'm going to sit patiently and wait for you then. Because if you're going to explain it, I would love to hear it. You go ahead, mate. Go ahead. Right, here we go. Mean Street Posse, originally known as the Greenwich Posse, were <laughs> Pete... Oh no, Rodney didn't even have a surname. That was why. <laughs> what? He didn't have a surname? It was Pete Gas, Rodney, and Joey Abs. And that was it. Oh. Are you sure yeah. Rodney didn't have a last name? I, I no. want to talk about this more now. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> Gas and Rodney were legitimate friends of Shane McMahon, whereas Joey Abbs was already a professional wrestler who was brought in to be the worker for the group. Yeah, there you, go. you can tell when they were doing their wrestling matches and this for stuff, for example. But Rodney wasn't there yet, was he? No, he was. All three of them were there. Was he? No, oh, maybe Joey Abbs wasn't there. Hey, let me go. Oh, They're also featured wait, segments maybe... spread backstage and in the crowd at oh, WrestleMania 15. Already. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's just move on. So Tess shoves Pack into a cameraman who didn't even bump. What a piece of shit. Uh, X-Pac now whips Shane with the white belt. Um, can you do that, Joey? Brother, uh, brother. Test in to smack. Yeah, fucking A. It's Hogan's spot, isn't it? Uh, Tess, did Hogan steal it from someone else? Hogan Hogan was the bass player for Metallica. He wouldn't steal other people's shit. <laughs> Um, oh, so uh, testing to smack Puck in the head with the European strap Puck kicks out from the pinfall Puck takes out Test uh, Triple H out to even up the sides or so we think Triple <gasps> H pulls Test out the ring but doesn't attack him 13 year old Rich saw this happen and was like no <laughs> ironically test, Triple H putting Test out of the ring was basically saying that's what it did to your girl last night <laughs> <laughs> well yeah China up on the apron to distract the referee what's she doing Puck's about to win 
and 13-year-old Rich's heart breaks as Triple H pedigrees X-Pac, turning full heel for the 1-2-3. Shane pins X-Pac for the win. Post-match, the New Age Outlaws um, run out and they get beat down by Triple H and Test. Lights out, organs, red lightning, no pyro. That's got to be Kane! Or, he's Kane! <laughs> Michael Cole would put it. <laughs> Corporate lad Scarper as Kane runs them off. Um, in my opinion, the match is pretty average, but not as bad as some of the stuff on this show. But the storytelling is a shitload of fun. I vividly remember how amazingly pissed off I was that Triple H turned heel. I was a huge mark for DX and Triple H. Yeah, I think when you look at this as well, the annoying foreshadowing. But let's be honest, the reason he did turn is because Triple H was like, I'm not being a promo in a faction with somebody who cuts a promo like that. Shane, you're going to feel pain. Triple H's yeah. like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. I mean, think about the levity of this moment. Triple H turning heel and leaving DX leads to Triple H isn't going to sell a job for anyone for a while and to leading to, you know, marrying Steph, becoming the second person in the company or third, however you want to put it, and being the guy and booking NXT and having his big say over everything now and being one of the main bookers for the company. It's, it all starts here, really. It's quite a moment. It's, and we've said on previous podcasts, one of the main things to fe- feature when you start looking at this Rock Austin feud, the same thing as we saw about the ministry versus the corporation, all of this is an engine to build up Triple H. Yeah, absolutely. He's the guy after this. From this day onwards, from WrestleMania 15 through to, well, today, he's the man for WF. Nice he didn't want to work Mania this year. Let all the other talent have it over the two days. Yeah, that was actually a good thing, I think, personally. Yeah. But whatever. Keeps keeps it interesting. But yeah, a double turn. Kane turns face. Uh, Kane joins DX. Yeah, sure. And, uh, I love how the New Age Outlaws ran out like, and the way Billy Gunn slides into the ring like he's genuinely fucking furious at Triple H. And then it Road probably Dog is because that's the end of their payday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But in terms of kayfabe and stuff, like um, non-kayfabe, I should say, like Road Dog is then talking to Cole and Lawler at ringside, going, "That asshole, he's finished." <laughs> like, I hate to break this to you, buddy. It's kind of the other way around. I'm sure when you're in three live crew in TNA Road Dog, you'll be having a lovely time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they sell it so brilliantly. And Triple H in China pulled it off to perfection. Kane running everyone off makes sense. You know, it's like, as much as I hated this moment, this ruined this WrestleMania for me as a kid. I just, I was stewing about this for weeks. <laughs> uh, anyway. And the worst thing is though, so you say this led to the greatest thing for Triple H. It's this great, led to the yeah. worst moment for Kane because he ended up with that flipping voice box going, suck it. Yeah, Later on. That's, that's it coming, isn't it? Fucking mm. hell. Yeah, they like start humanizing Kane. They made a huge mistake there. Should have just kept him as the monster for all time. I mean, so far, you think this show couldn't get any worse. And we sort of made reference to it when we mentioned unnoticed murders during Money in the Bank. Uh-huh. But don't worry, guys. Because coming up shortly, (laughs) 
is murder. <laughs> hey, tax. Yes, Rich. Are you ready for a murder? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a classic whodunit, isn't it? We've <laughs> talked about this moment so many times on the podcast like this has gone under the radar as one of our kind of underlying jokes when anyone murders someone in the ring we're like the undertaker did it it's fine <laughs> in theory is... we should we should have seen this coming when this match was booked heel versus heel they need to do something yeah it's weird isn't it to book a hell in a cell with a heel and a heel but I mean, I, no one gives a fuck the crowd is silent. It's the fucking Hell in a Cell. Think about how important the Hell in a Cell and how devastating those matches were leading into this match. You had Sean and Taker, Bad Blood 97, right? You have Foley Taker, King of the Ring 98. And then you have Boss Man Undertaker from WrestleMania 15. It's one of these things does not fit. Well, you can imagine the backstage discussion. So it's like... Well, um, well, Ray, I I threw Mick through the top of the cell. Will you do that? No, no. I no, threw HBK off the side of the cell for an announce table. Yeah, and yeah also we'll go up the top, the top and we'll 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 work our way down the side of the cell. So it's only about halfway. You know, you just bump onto the table. It's not a big deal. Like, do you want, Ray? Would you think you want to take that one for us? No, I'm not doing no. it. And no. at that stage, I'm Undertaker... the big boss man, motherfucker. I ain't got to do shit for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. At that stage, boss, boss man was not party to a secret meeting where Undertaker's like, he's just not playing ball, Vince, so I'm just going to hang him. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. So, uh, video package detailing the pre-hire slash greater power reveal stuff. So, we get a Vince Taker feud has been boiling over for the last few months, which... When you get to the end of this feud and you realize what happens, it means that none of this makes any fucking sense. But um, so I've just got a note here that says bear fire. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. I enjoyed uh, Michael Coleisms during this. As like, you've seen what The Undertaker's been doing. He set fire to his his symbol outside Vince McMahon's yeah. house. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So that moment when Boss Man and the uh, Ministry are standing outside Vince's house waiting for, like, you know, the kids to come home or whatever it is. It's a bit creepy. I'm so glad that Boss Man is a head of security when he's allowing people to get kidnapped all the time. He should have been fired a long yeah. time ago. Where to, Stephanie? You know. Yeah. Oh. So um, Boss Man being McMahon's bodyguard, um, Taker attention is moved onto Boss Man rather than directly at Vince. Uh, which leads into this match. So at least it has some sort of logic. Oh, they're all heels, it's dumb. Um, so not a single mention all night of the streak. Uh, but they didn't realise about the streak until, I think, was it sort of WrestleMania 17 where someone mentioned the streak? Because it's yeah, only, the only it's time I recall this. it. So <coughs> seven, sorry, 17 was when Triple H was saying that he's beating everyone and The Undertaker, Biker Tape was like, you you haven't beaten me. And mm. I think the first time we really played up for going for the streak was Randy Orton at 21. I'm not sure. Did you watch the Taker documentary? I did. Man, that's awesome. a great bit of work. So I'm really looking, well done. For, looking forward to Sunday for part two. I think sure. that this is the part, the final part will be him saying, 
yeah, I'm done. I'm retired. That Boneyard match was it for me. Um, that's me riding off into the sunset. I think yeah, he's going to retire yeah. on the dock. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they're going to continue to do these cinematic things at WrestleMania so we can get paid, motherfucker. But um, we'll see. So, Taker's entrance for WrestleMania. The Ministry theme hits, so the kind of guitar-based Jim Johnson uh, Ministry of Darkness Undertaker stuff. Uh, Taker has a cool bat robe thing with some kind of shoulder pads, but he just strolls out to the ring with Paul Bearer, not slow zombie walking Taker. He's just literally just, well, not power walking, but he's, you know, nice speedy stroll towards the ring. He walks into the cell and that's it. It's weird. I mean, have you seen the book? Well, I mean, we're going to talk about the booking shortly. This is why the Undertaker's not interested. <laughs> it's the Undertaker at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 14 with the match of Kane. He did all the druids and the 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 the, the what not pitchforks they call the torches like in the archway and he walked out and they did the whole he had the gear change and everything it was huge. WrestleMania 15. Cracking beard. Yeah, he's got the Lucifer sort of beard thing going on, but this is weird. I expected I had literally kind of goosebumps when the lights went out and I'm like, "Oh, take his music hits." And I was like, "Oh, it's a ministry taker. Awesome." There's fucking nothing. It's like they seriously cut the budget for this WrestleMania. I it was it was nothing uh, considering this was like the popcorn match before the main. Yeah. You just want it, a moment, really, you know? I mean, they gave us that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to say they definitely gave us a moment. <laughs> Well, let's get into it. <laughs> but Undertaker's entrance, you know, it's meant to be the thing. Yeah, whatever. At least it didn't take fucking 20 minutes, you know. So, I mean, uh, they both start in the cell. They go straight into Taker's punches in the corner spot, which we talk about every week that someone should use. Um, it doesn't feel very special. They're not really working anything different, I would say. The, the cage seems particularly flimsy to me as well. It's kind of, every time they bump into it, it gives way like three foot. It's almost like they've got people hanging from the rafters to connect down to this slightly flimsy structure. Mm. So, Michael Cole, boo, <sighs> tries to put this over by saying this classic line, which I will never forget or forgive him for, you can get a finger caught in there. <laughs> hey, and wait a second, was Sable back out? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fucking great and that's now so, already uh, better than the big boss man's performance in this uh, no it's fucking great I mean at least King on commentary Peter uh, is literally berating Cole for about three or four minutes just going get a finger caught in there what do you mean Michael Cole have you seen what Mick Foley happened to him or what Sean what happened to him and <laughs> And Cole just completely ignoring him, just starts calling the action, and then King goes, "A finger, Michael Cole." <laughs> it's, it's genuinely hilarious stuff. Cole is shit in '99. Fuck, he's so bad. I bet Jr. was backstage and said, "Tell Cole to say this with headset. See if he says it." <laughs> <laughs> Rob Burgundy style. Oh, uh, if if all, everything I've ever said about Michael Cole is just Vince McMahon's brain and Michael Cole regurgitating this bullshit, then I profusely apologise. I don't think it is, but anyway. <sighs> Boss man handcuffs Taker to the cell wall, and Boss man beats up Taker with a nightstick a little bit. 
Taker sells a shot from the nightstick by falling to the floor. What happens when he falls to the floor, Tax? All I can say is I don't believe those were police-issue handcuffs. (laughs) The cuffs instantly break off. Yeet! (laughs) At this point, I've written down my thoughts because I had to put something here. It's not gone well, lads. Roll up. One, two, three. Let's go. (laughs) I mean, they they pretty much followed your advice. (laughs) Both lads self-harm for your entertainment. Uh, The crowd is softly booing, mumble of apathy, (laughs) almost out of nowhere, because Taker's like, fucking hell, boys. He picks up the boss man, hits the tombstone. Boss man is quite low down on this tombstone. So the second they land, you can clearly see and hear Undertaker look down at the boss man and go, are you okay? (laughs) To boss man. (laughs) Luckily, he is for the one, two, three. What you didn't hear was him go, Ray, are you okay? Get ready for what's next. (laughs) That's it. All right, buddy. Time to do it. Because fuck all... Undertaker's the winner, but fuck all that shit. The brood are lowered down from the ceiling onto the top of the hell in a cell. The cell? Let's just call it the cell. Uh, The brood break open a chunk of the cell roof by kicking through it. It's obviously not made very well. They lower a noose through this hole they've created. And over the shouty, annoying tones of Michael Cole's terrible commentary. I mean, do you want to do it? Go on, you do it. (sighs) I mean, how can you... How can you possibly commentate over a man getting... Hung, the brood feed in a noose, and the Undertaker definitely doesn't attach it to a harness in the Big Boss Man's uh, protective riot shield that d- Roman d- Reigns d- later d- don't used. Look, don't let them behind the curtain. <laughs> they hang the Boss Man. They kill him. And and the worst thing is Boss Man's selling of the hanging. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> He was off of TV for like a whole week, Tax. Of course he died. He got better, but, you know, he died for a bit. Just like AJ and, you know, everyone else and Alistair Black and whoever went off the roof last weekend. I don't remember. Poor Ray Ray. Oh, there you go. There's Ray. Yeah, cool. That's, At least he had the common decency to have the really bad sound effect of... <laughs> thud. <laughs> Thank you. I've mentioned that to a few people now and you're the only one who picked up on it. So, yeah, good man. So, and um, it turns out, luckily for all of us, the spirits of the big boss man turned out to be JR, who returned on commentary. <laughs> so I remember going into school the next day uh, after WrestleMania, and someone, I don't remember who, a classmate, um, person in the playground, whatever, <laughs> berating me for how dumb wrestling was and how fake it was because they wouldn't really hang the big boss man. And I'm like, you need an imagination, motherfucker. This was awesome. <laughs> that was terrible, wasn't it? I, I mean, this... It's amazing how when they showed streak videos, they never showed the boss man oh, one. Oh, God. Hanging boss man from the cell. So, when you know what's down the line with Vince being unveiled as the higher power and everything, spoilers, uh, this all makes very little sense. 
they they killed someone and Vince is like, yeah, it was all in the plan all along. I smell a Russo. Well, hang on. We need to start planting the seeds to deceive Steve Austin, who has yet to win back the WWE, the <sighs> WWE Championship. Come on. Yeah, so we're going to do boss man. <laughs> that that's so hell in the cell where they murder him. That's so little faith in The uh, Rock. Vince Mann was like, don't think Rocky's going to be the corporate champion for long. I know what we'll do, Taker. Let's pretend we don't like each other and to really throw people off the scent, kill the boss man. <laughs> oh, this is okay, okay, one Vince. of the worst Undertaker matches I've ever seen. I think the only Mania match worse than this is Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, sure. But that that's silly and funny. This is... Even Nathan Jones taking with him was better than this shit. Sure. So, the lights go out on a murdered boss man still hanging from the neck in the middle of 20,000 people. Michael Cole chirps up. Well, folks, it's been a WrestleMania weekend in Philadelphia. Last night at the Rage Party at the Philadelphia Convention Center. What a show! <laughs> There's Quick, a man look at dying I- look at Isaac him. Hayes sing about ch- chocolate salty balls. <laughs> Don't watch us lower down the boss man. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's why you can't do shit like this in wrestling. You can't go this far. Because you have to then go to something after it, which is dumb usually. <laughs> so it's, oh, at it's le- so at least when they did the um, Raw and SmackDown only pay-per-views at the Great American Bash, when they did the Concrete Crypt match, they never saw Paul Bearer on TV again after they buried him in cement. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, If you're going to sell it like that way, like you're going to write someone out the story, fine, kill him off, I don't care. It's, it's fake wrestling. It's, uh, it's fun, you know. What a pay-per-view main event that was, the Dudleys versus The Undertaker with Paul Heyman in charge of the urn. <laughs> yeah. I still can't wait to cover that at some point. That'll be shit. That time period is definitely something we need to delve. I was thinking like 2004 to like 2012. Look, Kenzo Suzuki could have been a massive thing in WWE, right? And I won't hear a damn thing against it. God, it's it's one of those periods that people just don't really cover in pro wrestling because it's too recent to be kind of like, you know, the Attitude Era or, I don't know, pre-New Era or something. But uh, yeah, not recent enough that people care about it still. It's not like modern news. So I don't know. It might be fun to look into it because I remember it being terrible. It was awful. Mm. Anyway, so cut to a video. Why do people get into wrestling at those time periods? We've got an excuse. We had the Attitude Era. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry, Um, I'm stalling. Should we move on? Yeah, go. (laughs) Uh, Cut to a video package of said WrestleMania Rage Party. Some musicians play to a crowd of wrestling fans who I'm sure give zero fucks. Uh, Wrestlers do talking and gesturing towards their penises on the same stage. Uh, The best bits are Patterson and Briscoe going full Bobby Heenan, trying to sneak into the show. In a horse suit, Patterson accusing Briscoe of farting in his face in the horse suit, dressing as women, being thrown out by security. They're fucking great, man. This is so good. Them as Stooges was good comic relief. It's a good foil for the attempted sinister and bad attempts at gang warfare. Yeah. Like the uh, the first Raw show, Bobby Heenan. Yeah. I, I, I'm show? on the list. Yeah, because he, he wasn't allowed in, dressed up as the woman with a blonde wig. That's the one. So, cut back live to the ring. Michael Cole, being booed, I fucking love it. Introduces <laughs> a decent commentator. Jim fucking Ross is here to save the day. Get fucked, Cole. Off you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lawler oh. says, oh, and JR even tipped his cap to him. 
Huh. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Why would you tip your captain Michael fucking Cole in 99? You, did, you oh. had a good run, kid. That's what that was. <laughs> had this huge euphoric like sense of relief <laughs> hearing JR on commentary. It's, it's great. I wonder who requested that. Uh, I'm sorry, st- sorry, Steve. Michael Cole's going to be doing your commentary. Is he? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, how ma- mad must it be to be Jim Ross, who we all know is an amazing commentator, has to live up to his standards, he has to walk out before the main event of WrestleMania straight into commentating that main event with The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wait, that's the thing. He's a consummate professional and he's got a good relationship with Austin, so he was going to be all for getting his getting his mate over and his number one signing, as he always goes on about on his podcast, when he went and signed The sure. Rock. So... I, I think that JR was already at a stage where he could just walk into it. And he did, because he did one for Taker as well, didn't he, a few years? Um, in, in, the, the few years yeah. in the 20s, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was good to have JR, as you said. It had, had Michael Cole been on this main event, it would have fallen even further behind the other two matches in this trilogy. Fucking A, man. So, out comes Vince, not in the zebras that he said he had earlier in the night. Uh, Shawn Michaels' music hits. Here comes Shawn Michaels and his Miami Vice white power suit with blue t-shirt and gold chain combo. God, it's gorgeous. I instantly with, went onto eBay to try and find one. <laughs> with <laughs> recently fired Mike Kyoda, who just literally fired like a week or two ago from today, which is an absolute disgrace, man. I can't believe they fired Mike Kyoda. That's fucked up. Mike Kyoda. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah, legendary referee does, did not deserve to fucking lose his income. I don't know whether he was wanted out or something, but fucking hell, man. I'm really disappointed they got rid of him. Yeah. Stalwart of the business. Um, so, um, yeah, fuck it. So, uh, huge pop for everything Sean does and says here. He's totally over. They edited out Michael saying goddamn, but not ass, which I found was a bit weird. Um, Sean tells us that only one man can appoint an official for WrestleMania. Guess who? Uh, Sean Sergeant kicks out- Slaughter. <laughs> uh, Sean kicks out Vince McMahon, bans the corporation from ringside, but he doesn't ban Vince from ringside. He says, "You can come watch or whatever, something like that." I don't remember. Yeah, you can have a front row seat. That's the one. Anywho, let's get to the reason we are all here this evening: a no disqualification match for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship of our current champion, The Rock, versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, so go on. I have a quick theory leading into this. Okay. Earlier in the night, I made reference to Hardcore Holly looking like he'd forgotten his gear. I suspect there was a spate of thefts because I also speculate uh. that someone has stolen Steve Austin's vest, <laughs> or oh. he had really, sh- or he had really shit merch to shill. Does he not come out in the vest then? No, he comes out with the Steve Austin with his fingers in the air T-shirt. Not his vest. And also, the challenger really? came out last, which that makes sense for the pop. The fuck out of me. But yep. still, yeah. Bothered me immensely. <clears throat> first note I have is The Rock, the champion, comes out first. But oh my God, look at that fucking belt. I still it's- preferred the winged eagle because it's what I saw when I got into it. Into I wrestling. get it. But it, it's a small belt. Like, you had to compete with a slightly bigger one, I think. But if you're going to, that thing is gorgeous. I mean, compared to today's belts. 
today's belts just a logo. The belts meant something back. Where were the belts? Did mean something back then? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Rocky is dripping in charisma and baby oil. Uh, Rock lifts the uh, belt up on the ropes, gets in the ring, and threatens to slap Mike Kyoda. Classic Rock. He's fucking awesome as a heel. Glass smash. Road warrior pop for Austin. He is super fucking over. Uh, Austin goes to stand on all four corners, as he always does, to salute the crowd. But Rocky cuts Austin off when he goes to the last corner. Uh, what do you think about this entrance up until this point? I preferred like WrestleMania 13 when you got the proper glass shatters and Austin walks out. It, oh, that was great! Yeah, the pop made the entrance. It wasn't anything special. You had the tension between Rock and Austin, which was needed to get the match off to a hot start. Yeah, but how, again, from a wrestling traditionist standpoint, it should always be the challenger out first because, yeah, sure. the, and then he can do all his hype the crowd up which would then allow the rock to become, get an even bigger heel reaction but yeah don't... i don't think rock coming out first would have sorry rock coming out second would have affected austin's pop at all it still would have been this huge road warrior level pop you know exactly although it's, and then although the, the whole idea was that they start off hot with the the flurry of punches so it makes sense from a storyline standpoint but they could have just done something different and i said without the vest top just wearing a t-shirt uh, sure. At least he remembered it for future manias. <laughs> so Rocky talks shit to Austin, cutting him off from going to the last corner. Austin smashes Rock in the face, and off we go. The, I mean, let's be honest: walk and or brawl. There is a lot of it to start this match. This again, I think, is a knock-on from Austin still not being a hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with that. They're brawling into the audience. There's a moment where they can't actually get to where they want to go because there are so many fans in the way going completely bonkers. Uh, rinse, repeat. They kind of go to the other side of the arena. They walk up the aisleway. Uh, the crowd are, the whole time is totally into it. They smash each other into the WrestleMania logo, etc., etc. There's a cool moment which is kind of kind of classic to me where Rock does a suplex to Austin or back body drop to Austin. Where he yeah, lands. onto the lighting rig. Yeah, really cool moment. I thought they would have played off this more as the match went on, like Austin's knee injuries and stuff, because it's kind of notorious with the braces and everything. But um, it it wasn't as impactful on the match as I remembered it being. It's just kind of a moment, and they kind of just move on straight away. It's a visual rather than part of a storyline, as you said, because you see it in packages. It's something you remember yeah. because it's it's crossing that line between were they out of position or were they meant to do it, sort of thing. Yeah, it totally stuck with me, and it looked awesome. The way Austin kicks the light, and the light kind of flickers around the camera and stuff. It's like a real nice touch. Um, Rock and Austin go full Pillman, doing a reverse suplex on the entranceway. Had to put it in there. Absolutely beautiful spot. I am the table. Spanish announced table won't break for Austin dropping the elbow onto the rock. Oh, tengo un problema. <laughs> second. Wow. The uh, second time gets it, though. Both lads spit water at each other. Uh, can't do that in this. Can't do this yeah. in modern wrestling now, can you? Jokes, 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 jokes. <laughs> Rocky goes after Austin's braced up knees for a little bit. Uh, a fan actually bothered to bring a sign. I noticed at this point that said, "I need to poop." <laughs> like it's massive. And there's also another one that says, "Pork is kosher." And I'm like, all right, you <laughs> took the time to make these signs and bring them to WrestleMania with you, right? Yeah, yeah. 
90s, it was uh, an odd time. Well, you know, dial-up still wasn't great. <laughs> you needed yeah. some fun ways to entertain yourself with yeah. your sable playboy. Um. Oh, God. Did you ever see it? Yeah, I did. I'm sure I to, I'm sure I told you the story of the Sable Playboy, and and when I bought the copy from someone under a stairwell in my school oh, for five quid. <laughs> yeah, God, I remember a kid bringing it in. I can't remember a kid bringing in the China one. He'd be like, "Look, it's amazing," and be like, <laughs> "So anyway, uh, rock bottom out of nowhere." I'm speaking of the dead. I'm a douchebag. Anyway, so rock bottom out of nowhere. One, two, Austin kicks out. Sable's not dead. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> pace of the match is fucking mental they're just on and on and on they just don't stop austin smashes the ref right in the fucking head with a steel chair oh poor mike yoda when he was being brought out to be the guest referee i was like no no let vince do it <laughs> yeah let, let earl do it you don't hit earl with chairs in the head as hard as me <laughs> the rock goes to work on austin with the chair one two austin kicks out uh, rock bottom to Tim White, who's the current referee, uh, when Rocky gets annoyed. Uh, stunner, stunner, stunner. Flip floppy sell by Rocky is fucking great. Baby Earl out to the rescue. One, two, the rock kicks out now. Uh, you know, modern wrestling, it's all bloody false finishes, isn't it? They learnt it from the Attitude Era. Disgusting. Yeah. Here comes Vinnie Mac. Rocky low blows Austin. At this point, I was going wait, it's 19 where the thing happens at the end, right? It's not now. And I was very happy it wasn't now. Uh, but let's not spoil it for people that don't know. Uh, Vince takes out Baby Earl. By God, there's mankind. <laughs> Cold He's come back it. from a local hospital slash medical facility. <laughs> Foley decks Vince. Foley is now the referee as it should have been in the first place. Crowd are all on their feet the whole way through this finishing sequence. It's a really cool sight. Brilliant, overbooked, nonsensical bollocks main event. Everything I love about the Attitude Era. Rock bomb. People's elbow misses. Reverse the stunner. Reverse the rock bomb. Stunner connects for the for Austin. Mick Foley counts one, two, three. JR screaming down the mic. Austin wins. Austin wins. Austin wins. The Fink, who recently passed away. What a legend. And it, it was the Fink, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. I thought I made a mistake for a moment there. Announces that Steve Austin is the new WF World Heavyweight Champion. Before we get into the last little bit, what did you think about this match? This is why we're here. You know, we're doing the Rock Austin. It certainly gets better. I think okay. with this match, with potentially Austin's limitations, they did really well. And as you've already touched on from an Attitude Era standpoint, like three, four, five different refs coming out, chaos and carnage, and Austin getting the victory after being screwed over by the corporation for so long. This is perfect booking for the time. Whether or not it's a, a good bit of booking, um, mm. I would say possibly yes, but I would also go on to say that it certainly um it certainly gets better the the match itself was really good good false finish rock selling the stunner at the end was all good fun um yeah definitely i'd always remembered this match to be not as good as the other two hmm. and that has obviously been 
agreed by watching this. Yeah, totally agree, man. So everyone sells the rattlesnake toast to Steve Weiser to the 20,000 fans in attendance. Austin toasts the title belt by treating it like another glass. I thought it was quite a nice moment. You know, people chink glasses together. Right? Yeah. Because uh, that go- that goes down in a million video packages after this. Um, Vince confronts Austin on his way to the bag. Austin gives him a punch, throws Vince in the ring. Stunner, beer bath. This is all lovely stuff. Did you notice before he threw Vince back in the ring, Earl really badly goes, we've still got five minutes to fill, Steve. <laughs> I didn't hear that at all. No, that's yeah, great. Got, we've, we've got five to fill with the words that Hebner said, which is why then Austin came back, threw Vince in the ring and did the stunner. Right, okay, that's great. So we end with the usual high-quality WrestleMania highlights video package that WF are known for, and we're out of here. That is it. That's WrestleMania 15. I love what a one-match card. I mean, 100%. There's nothing apart from that main event, which is not the best wrestling match I've ever seen. Again, I think they... At the time, I didn't realize how bad Austin was in terms of his neck and everything. Uh, but now as a, an older gentleman, as a smart or whatever, like, I definitely understand what Austin was going through to some extent. And they do good with what they could do, I think is a nice way to put it. This highlighted the issue that WWE have tried desperately to not to fall into, which in turn has jeopardized their products. Because they put so much stock in Austin. And as we see, as we'll, as we'll get round to for next week's episode when we see what happens between this mania and 17, where they had so much stock in one guy, and then if he's gone, that's that's the problem they have. So that's why Vince now won't let anyone, in my opinion, get huge. Mm. Because they, they, they can't do it. But if you, can you imagine this card? I mean... WrestleMania 15 will be one of the worst WrestleManias of all of them that there have been. And, you know, we, uh, we're, missing, we're missing WrestleMania 2000 because Austin's not in it. But think of the fact that they had to go over McMahon in every corner. They, they didn't have the star power. If you didn't have Austin on this show in this main event for that crowd reaction, the crowd for a WrestleMania would have been dead. Yeah, I mean, the crowd are quite into it when they start, but like it's like they slowly wear them down throughout the first couple of matches, and they never really pick back up right until Austin walks out. That's the moment where it becomes good again. It, uh, this is a true fans. case. And so you're right, yeah. I can't yeah. see how, how anyone could argue against it, you know? A very, a very much a case of the Philly crowd giving them the benefit of the doubt to start with because it's mania and they're up for it. And then they just get bored of the, the BS finishes throughout yeah. the whole show. It feels like 99 gets a lot of slack in terms of people's memory of it. I think because of how good 97, 98 were in terms of booking. I agree with that. They go through, they they look through this and then they head into... Well, the end. This is the end, really. The Astudio era. I think the Astudio era ends the second they buy WCW because there's no feud. If anything, it's finished beforehand, before seventeen. To be honest, yeah, because they're and, starting to go a little PG here, like with Val Venus and things. There's not f bombs or s bombs or anything. There's no real. Well, there's a bit of nudity here and there, but there's not people whipping their tits out and stuff, you know. Definitely not. But luckily. 
next week. We should be... I, I'm really hoping next week's episode does not kill WrestleMania 17 for me. Dude, if WrestleMania 17 shit, <laughs> I'm going to be so disappointed because it's notorious for being the best. So I, I deliberately out, I don't go back and watch it because I have such fond memories of it. I bunked off school the following day. I had it taped to my video player. My parents <laughs> had gone to work and I just sat on the sofa that Monday morning instead of being in what I think would have been double French in the morning and just started smashing through WrestleMania 17 and it was outstanding. So I look forward to that next week. Cool. So cornflakes are 15. What do you think? One. I'm struggling to get out of one or two. I think I'll go two just because I liked how terrible it was at times. It became funny. Like WCW can be funny in like 95 WCW. But um, if this had jr commentating then it might even jump up to a three for me but everything is just a bit shit unfortunately very much so there is no other than the austin pop when he comes out and it's still not even i mean the entrances were just pap as well there was nothing there's nothing yeah. I sit there and go, other than as you mentioned the uh, the back body drop onto the lighting structure in the main event match, there's nothing that I'd sit there and go, oh, and again, obviously, Austin toasting the belt. There's no other um, visual. boss man, obviously. Yeah. That never happened because of Benoit. <laughs> there's okay. no other visual that you see in today, in, in time. When we look at 17 next week, we'll always have the spot from the ladder match that gets in everything. We'll always have the Austin and Vince McMahon toast, etc. You know, it's it's all that stuff that we, we have as as memories and visuals and the reason why you don't see WrestleMania 15 prop up is because it was shite yeah unfortunately right so that's part one of our Rock Austin trilogy it was, uh, it was an interesting start we've got to finally cover the uh, the murder of the big boss man which we've referenced a bunch of times which I uh, muchly enjoyed I think, it made, I think it made for a good podcast this show because it was bad enough to rip on you know yeah don't bother watching this show if you're thinking I'll watch a WrestleMania don't watch this yeah Watch 14 and watch Austin win the belt. I mean, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> anyway, so uh, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com is the best place to find everything. Go buy a t-shirt on Amazon if you've got a few pennies hanging around. Uh, if not, go buy like, you know, if you've got a bit of cash, go buy like your favorite indie wrestler's t-shirt at the moment. I'm sure they could use the money. Yeah, Tex Williams needs to buy a house. So if you'd like to buy one of my t-shirts, DM me. <laughs> sure. At the uh, Tex Williams on Twitter. Uh, we'll get some uh, new t-shirt designs up soon as well once this is uh, kind of kicked out a little bit. I was yeah. thinking it might be a weird time to do it now and start promoting it when other people are struggling for money and stuff. Yeah, no, we'll we'll wait till things get to as close to normal as they'll be in this new way of living that we're in as I sit at my slightly untidy kitchen table. But Yeah, if you're watching this if you're listening to watching, if you're listening to this like later than when we uploaded it, it's what, May to twenty twenty, then yeah, go buy a t shirt, go to Amazon, search World of Wrestling Podcast, you'll find it. We'll come to the top of the list. I'll check out our new merch, it's up there now. <laughs> <laughs> where can people find you buddy um i'm at the tex williams on twitter facebook and instagram uh unsurprisingly i'm free for bookings <laughs> i'm available um but again more, more importantly and um as always as as we'll always help promote our friends if you're struggling on being locked down if you're still sort of homebound i know we can go out and do some exercise but if it gets to a rainy day check out set go gym loads of free home workouts you can do um 
just keep fit, just keep healthy, and interact with us on social media at World of Rest Pod on Twitter. We'll be happily chatting to you as we go. Yep, I'm at Fanboy Rich, and if you're bored in this uh, whole lockdown bollocks, uh, go watch some parts of Unknown and Wrestle Talk. That's a lot of my works up there. So yeah, good. Right, um, yeah, I guess that's it. See you guys next week for WrestleMania 17. Ah, what a luxury. Getting to watch a good show. Oh, hopefully. (laughs) Better be good. Wait, the big show? The show of shows? The the greatest show 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 is actually quite good, so who knows? We'll see you next week for the grandest show of (laughs) them all. (laughs) Take care, guys. Bye-bye.